again to another episode of Little Anime Podcast, where we talk about anything anime-related, games, movie shows, anything anime-related we talk about. I'm sorry about the delay. I planned on doing this episode last week, um, because I actually ordered me a new mic. I'm not sure if you guys could tell the difference. I was using a headset before, but the way that, the way that headset was set up was hurting my ears and was causing it all types of issues, so... I changed it to now I have headphones that cover my ears, so it's not hurting my ears at all. And then I got a mic to basically plug into so that I can talk into, which I'm doing now. So I do hope it does sound a little better and it is better for my ears. So, plus I am trying to set up something, and I've heard that having a mic like this is the best uh, thing for it. So that also kind of benefited as well. I'm hoping I can get that set up soon. That way, I can maybe start posting videos of my podcast as well as, you know, the audio. But uh, we'll see. Uh, but I digress. Again, welcome, welcome. Welcome again to another episode. Uh, like I said, um, it's two weeks ago. Uh, we last talked about the second season or, well, I guess second season, first part, or the movie version of the second arc of Demon Slayer, Mugen Train. So this uh, episode, we will be talking about the continuation of the second season, or second season, depending on how you saw it. Because like I said, when they did it, they did split it in two. They made like the first six episodes part of the Mugen Train movie, and then the rest of it was the Entertainment District arc, which we'll be talking about this episode. So like I said, it just depends on how you saw it, if you saw the movie and then you just jumped into the Entertainment District arc part of the anime, or if you watched it all together as the, in the second season as the anime. But, of course, as usual, before we get into that, we'll be Tom doing our new section. Just a few pieces of news, not a lot. There was one I did want to talk about, but I wasn't able to find like an actual article about it. But um, the one of the animes that I am currently watching uh, finally did get a dubbed release, and they said the dubbed release episode was supposed to come out today uh, for the new uh, reboot for Rony Kenshin. They said the dub episodes are supposed to be coming out. Uh, I'm not sure where they were. I believe they might be on Crunchyroll, so I'd have to check and see if it's finally loaded up there so I could watch it. Um, I have been keeping up with the subbed um, because the episode, I believe, came out last week, and I did watch it. So far, I, I really do enjoy it. I'm enjoying the new animation quality. And I did see, I did, um, when I heard that they were doing a reboot of that, I did read like the first few chapters of the manga just to see how different it was from the old anime um, series. And there are major differences, not, not huge major differences, but there are differences in between from what the old God, I think the 90 anime, I think that's when that one came out. I saw it in the 2000s when it came out on Toonami, so that's really the era I remember seeing it, but I believe it's the 90 anime. But um, I did see some of the things that were different. Some of the things I guess the old anime didn't do that now the new one's doing. Basically, like I've been telling people, 
it basically just got the full metal alchemist fruits basket basically just i'm well people are hoping that it's going to do the whole manga because the last the old anime pretty much kind of followed the anime all the way through there were a few filler episodes here and there but basically the second half of the original anime was all filler because at that point the manga wasn't finished uh, so the last major arc of the story never got animated properly. So I guess that's what people are kind of hoping for. Kind of like I said with the fruits basket. Um, I per- don't remember. I actually never read the manga, but I heard how, well, I did reach, watch the first anime. And they said there was a lot more to it, a lot more things that happened that the first uh, run of the anime never really did. So that's why when they did the reboot, they basically just redid it all over again. I think at that that time, too, the manga was still ongoing and wasn't completely finished. So that's why years later, they decided to just reboot the whole story from beginning to end following the original source material. And that's what we believe this one is doing. So I digress. <laughs> but it is, the they do have a dub coming out. So I, I am interested in, you know, who's going to be voicing, you know, the characters. Like I said, I did watch the old one, so I'm kind of used to the old voices. I'd be really cool and amazing if they got them back to redo this, the redo the uh, reboot. If not, of course, I will see who know who does the voices of like Kenshin, Kau, Yahiko, and Sonosuke. So I will definitely give you guys. I'll talk about that maybe next week when um we talk about another episode. Uh, what I thought of the first episode dubbed. You know, if they did change, if they got new a whole new cast to do that or not. But let's actually get into the ones I did find articles for. So the first piece of news is from BroadwayWorld.com. This talks about Crunchyroll ready to stream the second season of Spy X Family. Uh, basically saying uh, Crunchyroll has announced that the second season of this anime series will set to premiere in fall of 2023 starting on october 7 which has been passed so it's been like a week now at least this exciting news comes with a bonus of multiple link language dubs including english latin american brazil spanish german french italian russian and arabic so people who that's definitely something i'm gonna be looking forward to because i did watch the first season and then the second core of the first season so I'm definitely excited to, uh, to continue on to the story and where it's going to pick up from there. Uh, next piece of news from MSN.com. This talks about Netflix announcing them doing a Yu Yu Hakusho live action. So uh, Netflix is ready to capitalize on the max- massive success of its recent One Piece anime live action adaptation and has officially announced the release date for the live action adaptation of Yu Yu Hakusho. The highly popular manga uh, later received a popular anime adaptation, which many fans hold in hard regard. Netflix certainly has some lawful expectations to live up to, but if you can make One Piece fans happy, maybe they could do the same for the Yu Hakusho fans. Um, I've been actually been hearing rumors that they were planning on doing a Yu Hakusho live action. I think that kept getting pushed back. And since a lot of people have said good things, about the One Piece one, I guess they finally uh, greenlit it to do the Yu Yu Hakusho one. I'm someone who, personally, I have never read the manga. I grew up on the anime that came out. That's another one, I believe it's a 90s anime, and it came around the 2000s, and I watched it. Was Toonami 
was this on Toonami at that time? Well, like maybe afternoon Toonami before they, it got switched tonight. But yeah, I remember watching the anime on that on TV. And then years later, after I think it was finished, um, I watched it on YouTube. I believe there are, I think, believe, I should believe that the whole season, the whole series is on YouTube. So you can definitely watch the old series because the old series is still, it's dated, but it's still one of the best animes that's, you know, out there. And like people said, it is one of the ones that has one of the best tournament arcs in its, um, uh, in its whole, like, run. So that's definitely something you know to look into do if you you know are a huge fan of the live action One Piece. Maybe you know maybe to do good with this one and maybe maybe turn around the negative um feel that uh live action gets. Uh, next piece of news, <clears throat> sorry from MSN.com. It's talking about a new anime adaptation for In the World for I Got a Cheat Skill in Another World. Uh, <clears throat> During a live stream event, plans for a new anime adaptation for the popular light novel series I Got a Cheese Killed in Another World was revealed. While the events left the format of the new project undisclosed, fans can look forward to another thrilling installment in this fantasy uh, tale. I actually did watch this anime and I actually did kind of enjoy it. It is one of them, it does do the whole, oh, getting kind of getting Ethan kind to another world but it does have a different twist of it of him kind of not really being stuck in like how most Isekais, the um the main character ends up getting stuck in that world and just has to you know end up adapting to the new world and his new home this one is a little different um spoilers kind of not really because it is kind of talked about in the first episode how he can it's kind of like a door slash portal that he has access to so he can go between both you know that world and Japan so it is interesting and you know seeing you know the changes it has for him and how he's able to utilize his skills from that world into his world so it is interesting it's an interesting series I believe the first season that came out had 12 or 13 episodes uh all subbed all dubbed so it definitely can watch it I did enjoy it so here another is going to be, I guess, a second season. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, next news from AnimeNewsNetwork.com. Uh, High Dive announced on Thursday that it will stream the televi- television anime adaptation. My instant death ability is so overpowered. It is a light novel series from the... <clears throat> light novel series for the winter 2024 season. The company will stream the anime North American premiere at this year's Anime NYC event on November 17th, and the anime will premiere in January 2024. I've never heard of this, but um, um, it's another light novel anime adaptation, so I am looking forward to that. I'm always looking forward to new shows, you know, kind of giving it a bit of a twist. I'm not really sure what this is about, but I'll give anything a try. I try to give everything a try and see if it's something I'd be interested in. And is this here? Yeah, I think I have two more, two more. Uh, next from HollywoodReporters.com, uh, Crunchyroll uh, launches Sony Anime. Uh, Sony is bringing a twelve of anime content to its premier streaming service, Crunchyroll, to free streaming platforms. Uh, Crunchyroll is launching a twenty four seven linear 
linear channel featuring a range of pro- programmings from its anime library. The channel will launch on a number number I cannot speak <clears throat> of free ad-supported streaming platforms such as Roku Channel, Anime Freebie, LG Channels, and Ezone Watch Free. The shows that will stream on the Crunchyroll branded channel will include Horimiya, Ranking of Kings, Moriarty the Patriot. I actually have to watch the would it be second season? I don't think they kind of second season. I think it's like the second part of the first season of that. So I did enjoy I did watch the first part and I didn't really really enjoyed you know the spin of kind of seeing it from extent instead of um I'm forgetting his name. Sherlock Holmes we're seeing it from the villain's point of view and kind of how he, you know, is viewing everything. So it is an interesting show. I definitely, especially that you're into that whole era and, you know, the whole Sherlock Holmes series and, you know, that whole lore. Uh, that's a definitely a good one with a different twist on it, seeing it from a different perspective. Um, also another is Psychopaths, Orifita, Sugar Apper Fairy Tale, To Your Eternity, and Code Geass. Crunchyroll's paid premiere service and its AVOD service will remain the primary home for new and premiered anime content with the linear channel meant to promote the growing media of anime. So basically, it's not like Crunchyroll, the main Crunchyroll thing is going away. This is going to have that and that's where, you know, updated episodes and new shows will be first premiering. But basically, the second channel that they're promoting, it's going to be just showing out other shows. I guess shows that are kind of already finished, already have, you know, their season done and, you know, just promoting other shows besides, you know, the new ones that come out every season. So that actually is really good. I do like that. Um, It didn't go in any context if it is, if they're just going to be showing subbed. I do hope since Crunchyroll Note does have both dub and subbed animes, I'm hoping it's not just them showing all of dubs. We're not dubs. Uh, that would be cool. I mean, subs. Um, I do hope that they are showing, you know, dub versions of shows as well. So, like, maybe show, like, dubs, kind of switch it up. Maybe a dub show here, a sub here, especially since a lot of older shows don't have dubs, but then, then a lot more shows do have dubs. But like I said, like, like, kind of, like, switch it up. Show a dub here, show a sub here, you know. You kind of give it different context. That way people can get, you know, a feel of both, can get a feel of the subtitle version and the English dub version. And last piece of news, which I'm sure a lot of people have already heard about. Um, this is from NSM.com, talking about Tori Animation announcing a new Dragon Ball anime. Uh, Tori Animation announced a new Dragon Ball anime animation project called An- Dragon Ball Daima, set to premiere in fall of 2024 to commemorate the franchise's 40th anniversary. The teaser trailer suggests that the series might explore the demon realm with a, mis- with a mysterious entity resembling Akai being shown. Akira Toyama, the creator of Dragon Ball, revealed that Daima will feature a grand adventure with intense action where the cast reverts to childlike forms due to a conspiracy and Goku uses his power, to- power pole to compensate for his small size. Um, there's a little bit more information. Uh, at a panel held at New York Comic Con on Thursday, staff at Toy Animation revealed the trailer, teaser trailer announcing a new anime. 
Yeah, I kind of said all that. In addition to the uh, teaser, the title logo and a statement from Toriyama were also released. And it just takes about the debate debut being off Hall of 2024. So I'm sure you've probably seen some people already reacting to this trailer on YouTube. There's a few people. Um, it is interesting. It's not really what people uh kind of that I'm not saying it's getting mixed signals, but it's more like kind of uh wasn't what people were expecting. I guess people were expecting a continuation of Dragon Ball Super of them, you know, picking up where I I believe the manga is still ongoing for that. So I guess people were thinking it was going to be a new season of that. Um, but it looks like it's going to be a whole different thing. And kind of, not backtracking, but kind of pushing it back to where they're all kids. And, you know, them just trying to figure out what's going on. But still in, you know, their time frame. It's not like they got traveled back in time and they're kids again. It's like they're still in their regular time, you know period and something causes them to all turn into kids i'm interested in seeing what it's about um but that's about it that's all for our new section today so let's just um one second Sorry about that. I just needed some water, but I'm sure you guys didn't want to hear me gulping my water down. So let's just get into it. Like again, this episode we'll be talking about the I'm just gonna call it the second season, so I don't keep confusing myself and you guys. Basically, we'll be talking about or no, uh, I'll say we'll be talking about the third arc of Demon Slayer, already um animated and and subbed and dubbed, so you guys can definitely watch it. We'll be talking about the third arc of Demon Slayer, which would be, they call it two different names. Uh, they, I believe in Japan, it was posted, it was called the Red Light District Arc. And then here in like Western uh, countries, they called it the Entertainment District Arc. So I'll just go with the Entertainment District Arc, because that's really how I heard it. So we're just, um, you know, we'll call it that, just so I don't keep getting confused. But it pretty much this is one of the things I really do love about um, Demon Slayer is it pretty much it always, whenever a season or an arc ends, it and then in a new arc starts up, it immediately picks up where they last left off. So, no, that's the next arc. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you'll well, you'll see what I mean when I get into the next arc. But it always kind of it immediately just picks up where the arc and the previous arc ended and new one begins. So, um, a non spoiler review. Um, if you're already a huge fan of Demon Slayer, you're really, really gonna love this arc. This arc is really, really got a lot of uh popular, you know, feedback and you know, praise, especially the last few episodes, especially like the second to last episode. Oh my god. That episode just blew the internet up. I think even more than the famous episode, oh god, what was it, 19? When Tanjiro first used his um, Hinokani Kamara on Gendrui in the spider arc. And then, was there a major scene? Yes, there was a major scene in the um, Ugin Train arc, which was basically Rengoku's last major attack with him using his final attack. Um, I go against Akaza. That really blew up the internet as well. But there, I, I realized like every kind of arc has like a major scene that ends up just blowing up the internet. But 
So basically, um, like I said, it's really good. It's so amazing. The story was really good. Um, I think some people kind of had a bit of a thing about it. Not negative, but people were saying, I heard some people were saying, like, they believe that like, the first few episodes were kind of slow, but then kind of made up for it in the last, like, four episodes of the arc, which just straight action and whatnot. But honestly, I loved every second of it. You know, the twists and turns that led up to them, you know, getting into the ultimate fight and just how it ended. So, like I said, uh, definitely go watch it. There is a sub and a dub. So, by now, especially since the previous arc that just finished is finished in both sub and dub. So, you can definitely uh, go watch it. So, let's get into our uh, review. Basically, like I said, it picks up where it left off, where everyone is grieving the death of Rengoku. Kind of uh, track backing of, you know, what happened, um, how the upper moon showed up, and, you know, he was able to defend everyone. He was really the only casualty. Even the, God, what was it, 2,000, 4,000 people that's on the train, pretty much no one died except for him. So I, the master's like, you know, it, it's a tragedy that we did lose him, but he, you know, uphold his, you know, he never gave up and he never, you know, he never made anything, made anyone else, you know, die. Like he put his life on the line. And sacrificed himself to ensure that everyone else around him was able to make it out of that situation. And that's just another thing that I think really like solidified Rengoku's um character for a lot of people was because the fact that you know you could tell that he was that type of person that he was willing to throw like not throw his life away, but was to risk his life to save those around him, even if it meant him dying. If it meant everyone else around him was still alive, he would have been totally content with that. You can kind of see that at the end after, you know, because I left and, you know, um, Tanjiro, you know, was screaming at him like, you coward, you know, don't think you won this, you just ran away, Rengoku fought to the end, no one else died, everyone else is alive, so that's when he won, and, you know, and even with him dying, he was more, he was really worried about everyone else and giving Tanjiro the information that he had that could help him, you know, acknowledging him, Zenitsu, Inosuke, and even Nezuko. You know, saying, I, I do believe in you guys. I do know that you'll be able to grow stronger from this and become even better Hashiras than I was. So, like I said, it pretty much, like I said, picks up where that ended. Um, everyone getting notifications from the crows on my Goku's death. And one scene that really got to me was when, I believe it was his crow, went to his house and informed his little brother that, you know, Rengoku had died in the line of battle. But of course, we don't hear it. We just see the crow coming, relaying some type of message, and the brother falling to his knees in total just devastation. And at that point, you could definitely tell that, you know, the crow, you know, relayed the message that, you know, Goku went on the mission, and unfortunately, he was not able to make it back. So um, we go there, and we actually, before any of that, we turn to this kid, and he's in this bookstore trick picking out books and whatnot and then he goes home pretty much into like this wealthy family and whatnot and the family's like oh yeah he he's such a good boy you know doesn't give us any trouble he's always so smart but you know unfortunately he has some type of skin condition that you know stops him from going out during the day but we don't you know hold that against him well we start to try to find, find a way to you know resolve that for him and and 
And then at first you're like, wait, so like, why are we focusing on this random kid? Till we see Akusa pop up. And then we're like, wait a minute, why is Akusa visiting this kid? Till he turns around, until he's like, oh, I'm here to report what happened, Master Muzan. And we're like, wait a fucking minute. Hold on. First we see you kind of basically, you know, people called him in the beginning, which people can't really call him now because he's always changing his form was like Michael Jackson then at the end of the first season he you know was that woman after you know he got rid of all the uh lower lower ranks I think that's what they were called yeah the, the, the other ones are upper ranks and they were the lower ranks lower yeah lower one one through whatever who was left um and then now here he popped up as a uh woman not like no as a kid and we're like okay so clearly this man can change his form into whatever he wants from a man to a woman to even a kid so it's like oh my god and that's kind of gives you the indication of how he was able to you know hide how he's been able to hide and how really no Hashira has ever been able to cross paths with him except for that one time which at that point Tanjiro wasn't a Hashira that was really just his sense of smell was able to track him down which I guess is something that the other you know any other Hashira previously never had to you know track him down with um, because you know, and then another thing they they never able to fully find him. He's constantly changing his form. You never know who he could be, which is wild to me. So you know, he goes, Akaza pops up and he like informs, "Oh, did you you know do what I asked?" And uh, he gave him two missions. One was to find uh the blue spider lily, and was to basically take care of the you know issue issue on the train. He's like, "No, unfortunately, I wasn't able to find." any information about the blue spot lady but i was able to kill the hashira that was on the train so you will have one less thing to worry about but of course that does not please muzan at all anything that gets him more mad he starts ripping up the book he had and he's like oh you think that's an achievement that's nothing you killed one hashira what about the three other demon slayers that were still on that train um and you know no um Another thing is that Muzan's able to see things through his demons. So of course, you know, he saw kind of everything that happened through Akaza. So saw that, you know, he was fighting Rengoku, saw that Tanjiro was there, but, you know, was only able to, you know, kill Rengoku, but wasn't able to get rid of uh, Tanjiro, Nezuko, Zenitsu, and, you know, Sky. So he's like, don't even, you know, that you're here bragging that, you know, it killed the Hashira you that shouldn't even be considered an achievement you should already be you know powerful enough to take down any hashira that's not that big of an achievement you still let three other demon slayers go and it's like and he also pointed out that you know he got wounded by someone who wasn't even at hashira level when tanjiro threw his sword through him as he was fleeing so he's like oh you know um that one scene when he's like it they did it really good in, in the English too, but I think the in the Japanese it really gave that whole creepy vibe of him just you know having that type of control even over the upper moons and he's just like Akaza. Akaza just repeating his name like just creepily and then like he's like manipulating his blood throughout him. So he's like constantly coughing up and it was just a lot of blood. It, it was just wild. It was wild. And then it just says, oh, I'm so disappointed in you, um, Upper Moon 3. It seems you've been getting sloppy and lazy to the fact that even uh, 
a demon slayer that wasn't at a Hashira level was able to, you know, inflict some type of damage on you. Then tells him to leave, so he does, and, you know, Akaza reverts back to Tanjiro, you know, screaming and yelling at him, calling him a coward, and, you know, kind of, you know, really hurting his pride and his ego. So he takes a sword uh, that he, you know, was stuck in him, but he couldn't, you know, do anything because the sun was up at that point, uh, sticks into a tree and starts bashing it into pieces, and kind of, you can say, foreshadowing for later on. Um, he's saying, like, okay, kid. You know, like, Brazen was saying, like, Danjiro's words really got to him. And he is like, okay, I remember you, kid. Next time I see you, I'm gonna, pretty much, it's like, he's gonna get his revenge. Because he, I guess, at that point, kind of felt like he got reprimanded by Muzan because of Tanjiro. Um, so he's gonna, you know, get revenge for that. Like, whatever, dude. At this point, I'm pretty sure a lot of people, you know, hated, already hated Akusa, because, you know, he killed such a good character like Rengoku. So, you know, seeing that, just, you know, it's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so we go back to, um, I think it's Zenitsu? Yeah, it's Zenitsu. Pretty much getting a recap of everything, and kind of like how he's seeing everything. If anything, uh, at one point, he's stealing food that uh, the girls were finished making up for them. And, and like giving us a recap of yeah, it's been a few, it's been a few months at that point. Uh, I believe maybe like a few days, maybe a few weeks. Um, basically giving the condition for, uh, Tanjiro and Inosuke, and like pretty much like how, you know, Rengoku's death really has been affecting him, affecting them both. You know, Tanjiro's been in this sad state and. Uh, Inosuke's just as bad, you know, and he's like, wow, I didn't think someone like Inosuke would actually, you know, feel that strongly about it, but I guess that just showed how good of a person, you know, Rengoku was. Uh, Tan- no, not Tanjiro. Uh, Tanjiro, with his super hearing, he's able to, I guess he was able to, like, hear the way, you know, Rengoku talks, his mannerisms, you know, even, like, just emphasizing, like, how good of a guy he really was, and just how genuinely nice and you know, strong-willed he was, and it's like, for someone like that to, you know, be killed by one of those upper ranks, you know, it, 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 it really just really hits them hard, and it kind of uh, solidified more into um, Zenitsu's mind, like, these upper ranks are no joke if, you know, they took out someone as powerful as him. So he, he tries to, like, cheer up Tanjiro, but at that point, it's revealed that he's gone and disappeared, and he's like, wait a minute, he shouldn't be moving around. He still has that um, stomach wound that he got from the ice pick. So then we turn and Tanjiro is following um, Rengoku's crow to his house. Pretty much to get the information on the uh, fire breathing, the Hinokane Kambara. And, you know, uh, so he goes, he meets up with his little brother, um, you know, sweeping outside. But you could see, you know, he's not taking the death of his older brother you know, all that well, especially, you know, that we saw previously in the previous arc, how close they were, and, you know, and the fact that the father kind of, kind of gave up on life, and just, like, pretty much bringing them down as well, you could tell that they had a really closer bond than that of simple brothers, so, you know, he, re- he's like, hi, are you, um, oh, crap, I forgot his name, it's something, red <laughs> Goku, uh, Sengoku, or something like that, um, I would have to look it up, but basically, he's like, hi, um, you are, you're Rengoku's, uh, brother, right? And he's like, yes, hi, uh, who are you? He's like, um, I'm, I'm Tanjiro. I was actually, um, one of the demon slayers that was with your brother and his last moments. 
and you know he's trying to he's like hi i'm kind of just giving my um condolences on what happened and and everything and he's like oh okay but um you could tell like he's really um at that point he looks at Tondra he's like wait um are you okay you look really really pale like something's like clearly you're still hurt especially if you just came from the mission that my brother was on but then his um father pops up and he's like yeah pretty much um berating Rengoku saying he was worthless that he should have hadn't gotten out and fought like that. That he basically uh, threw his life away. But, you know, wasn't really worth anything. He was worthless himself. Senjiro. Senjiro, that's his name. And then, then the father is Senjiro. So Sen- Senjiro and Senjiro. Um, but it's uh, Senjiro, that's the brother. <clears throat> So, you know, he comes out and he's drunk, clearly, because he, he's just berating Rengoku, calling him worthless and pathetic, that, that he basically had no talent for the swordsman, and because of that, he went out and got himself killed, and that he was pretty much worthless, and he starts berating his son, and it's like, listen, the funeral's over, everything's done, no point in weeping over that loser, he threw his life away when he could have done something better, so, you know, and of course, there's no way Tanjiro was going to stand for that, especially, you know, how... Even though they didn't spend that much time together, you can like like I said, when Goku was that that type of character, that as soon as you met him, you just you know you liked him, you enjoyed you know his vibe and everything about him. You could tell he was a righteous person. So you know, hearing someone berate him and pretty much dishonoring him, you know, the, the fact that he's already gone, you know, saying all these things about him really turns Tanjiro over. And he's like, listen, I understand he's your son, but you're going way too far. He was a wonderful. Demon Slayer and Hashira, I won't stand for it. And he's like, oh, who are you? What do you care what I say about my son? And he's like, well, I'm a Demon Slayer too. I was there. And he sees Tanjiro's earrings and he flips out. Kind of like how um, Muzan flipped out when he first saw his earrings. And he's like, oh, so that's who you are. You're one of, you're one of them. You're one of the, you're a descendant of the Sun Breathers. And he's like, sun breathing? What are, we, what are you talking about? What is that? But he comes and just like judo something and just like it holds him down. He's like, um, you know, Tanjiro didn't have time to react. And he's like, whoa, what's, what's going on? Uh, Sinjiro's like, what, dad, please stop. He, he's, you could tell he's injured. Please, we could talk about this. Then he's like, you stay out of this. It's none of your business. And knocks him over. That gets Tanjiro mad. He's like, what is your problem? what is going on you attack me out of nowhere and then you're braiding your dead son like what is your problem and he's like i know who you are you're here to just mock us aren't you those earrings it gives it away that you you're able to use sun breathing um and then you know um pretty much goes in the detail on what sun breathing is basically it's the first breathing form that was ever created all the other breathing forms that the other demon slayers and even the hashira uses all are uh, derived from the sun breathing. They're all um, versions of sun breathing that the other demon slayers use to, you know, for them, since they aren't able to adapt to the main breathing, sun breathing, so they all use a different form of it, which he says it's, well, they're all inferior to the main breathing. They're all watered down versions of the sun breathing. 
So this has Tanjiro Funo spinning in his mind. He's like, he's like, so that's what that is? That's what I've been using all this time? This sun breathing thing? The first form? You know, he's like, oh, don't, don't get cocky because you can use the sun breathing. That doesn't make you better than us. Na-da-da-da-da. And that really gets Tanjiro, you know, really upset. He's like, I'm not all that great. I'm not that powerful. I'm not anything. If I was, I would have been able to help. I would have maybe saved Rengoku's life. He would be here right now. He's like, if I'm so great and I'm able to use this form, why wasn't I able to do anything and help him? You know nothing about this turmoil I'm going through, how I feel, how weak I feel. Even though you say I have this great power, what's the point if I can't use it to save others' lives? He jumps and then the, the he jumps at the dagger to punch him. But then Sendra's like, "Wait, wait! You don't understand. He was a former Hashira, and that's when we revealed another former Hashira that's still alive." And he's like, "Then he like circle grabs his arm and starts punching Tanjiro." And he's like, "Dad, please stop. We could talk about this." And then Tanjiro again goes more to his mind. He's like, "If I've had this great power, how? Why am I not able to use it?" I could have saved so many lives. I could have saved Rengoku. He could probably still been here if I had been able to use this and and use his usual headbutt, knocks them both out. So we turn over and they're back in the house. They talk and um, Tanjiro um, relays more messages to his brother, basically saying that, you know, he told him to live his life. You know, don't feel obligated to do something you can't. Um, that's when Sendro reveals that, you know, he's been, you know, he um, normally would have been trained to be in his brother's replacement, you know, just in case of situations like this. I forget what the name is. It's what that Kano girl is for Shinobu. Basically, she's her replacement that if anything happens to Shinobu and let's say she ends up passing away, um, there will still be a butterfly um, demon slayer to take up the mantle of that Hashira. So... That's what the, her bro, his brother was supposed to be, but with all the training that he's done, he still hasn't been able to turn his sword color, and that only happens when you achieve a certain level of swordsmanship, and even though he's been training for so hard, he still hasn't been able to reach that level. So he feels that at this point, he should just give up. There's no way he could be a good of a swordsman like his brother was, and even becoming an Hashira. He's like, I should help out some other way because clearly I don't have what it takes to be a uh to be a fighter. But he's like, that breaks him down even more because like this is gonna break the line of, you know, flame hashiras. That means his brother would be the last one, you know, documented. There'd be no more. Well maybe, but you never know. But basically he's saying like it's over, um, with his brother dead and him not being able to achieve the level to, you know, even turn the sword color. Basically, the line for flame Hashiras and the flame breathing ends with them. But he's like, listen, um, you know, kind of relaying more like your brother said, it's fine. You know, listen to your heart. Do what you feel is right. Whatever choices you make, whatever path you have for your life, just know that he will be happy and proud for you because it's something you chose to do for yourself, not for others. And Tondra even like, if anyone ever tried to make fun of your dreams and life choices, just let me know. I'll headbutt them for you. <laughs> he's like, I don't think you should do that. But he's like, but thank you. Uh, hearing that definitely, you know, sounds like something my brother would definitely say. And I hope he's not, you know, 
too sad that I'm not following in his footsteps, but hearing that definitely makes it better. So he goes and he gets him this book of all the previous um, flame Hashiras, and he's like, well, this might have the information you're looking for about the sun breathing that my father was talking about. Then they go, and it's all ripped up and torn to shreds, and he's like, oh man, I think my dad must have gotten into it and been ripping it apart. I'm so sorry. You came all this way to get this information and you can't even get it. But he's like, no, that's totally fine. And he's like, if anything, this just shows that I have to work even harder to achieve the goal of reaching that level. He's like, at this point, I can hardly really use it without hurting myself. That just means I need to train harder. So that way I can be just as good of a Hashira as Rengoku was. So uh, before he goes and heads back to the Butterfly Mansion, um, he... Um, Goku's brother gives him his sword grip thing, the one that's shaped like a fire. I forget what they call it, a specific name. He gives it to Tundra and he's like, Oh, he's like, Here, I think you should have. And he's like, No, no, I couldn't possibly. This is the kind of like the last keep shape of your brother. You should keep it. I'm sure this is, you know, this is a memento of him. And he's like, No, I, I believe it, this should be something that you should have. Uh, if anything, I, I believe you'd be more useful in your hands, and it could definitely keep you safe. Kind of having like his spirit watching over you as well. And he's like, "Um, thank you. I I will. I'll keep it definitely." So he goes. His brother goes back inside, trying to relay another message. That pretty much his last message that um, Rengoku had. But the father at that point is like, "No, I don't want to hear it. I'm sure he just had his gripes about me." You know, I was a terrible father. He probably hated me to his last breath. I don't want to hear it. Just go. And he's like, fine. But he still does say it. And he's like, please take care of yourself, father. That was our, my brother's last words to you. He leaves, you know, closing the door. And his dad is kind of having flashbacks of, you know, Rengoku training. Him reading the book of the other previous Hashiras. How, you know, kind of halfway through, his father gave up on training him. But he learned for himself and from the book, and that's how he ended up, you know, achieving that level of a Hashira. And basically, his last memories of him telling him that he was off of his next mission and that he would see him soon. So he grabs the bottle of sake and is about to drink it, but stops. And you see him quivering, and it turns to him crying, calling out Rengoku's name. Which at that point, we do see that, you know, he is grieving. You know, at that point, you we, we see, like, yeah, no, like, he was not a bad guy. But we could tell, you know, the death of their mother really took a toll on him. That, And then I guess the whole thing of the sun breathing being, you know, superior to the other ones and how the other ones, you know, aren't as strong. And that's, he sees that as we're the inferior swordsmen. We're just throwing our lives away when really the only way to stop these demons is with the sun breathing. But if we can adapt to that and use it, what's the point? So I guess that kind of what helped, but catalyzed him into giving up and not um, kind of, I guess, in his own way, trying to strive his sons from that. But uh, as you can see, even Goku didn't, he saw it as his life duty to, you know, become a Hashira, um, you know, protecting the weak, kind of like how his mother's last words were to him. And, you know, and then now losing his son, and especially his first son is just that like you could tell like he he's grieving in his own way but he is grieving so we go back to the mansion and at this point uh Tanjiro Inosuke and Zenitsu starts training 
that point, I think it's been about, was it a month or was it longer than that? It was, it's been a minute. At that point, they're training, trying to gain back their strength and grow, grow even stronger. Uh, we see them training. Uh, actually, there's a good, really funny scene that, that I did kind of pass over of when Tanjo is returning back to the Butterfly Mansion. He sees this weird form popping up, and then it's his swordsmith, and he's really mad. You know, I just, he's like, I just gave you a sword, and now you're back from mission, and it's all, ch- and this time you went up and lost it. So now he's really mad. He starts chasing him with these two butcher knives, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. It just happened. That's a really, that was a really funny scene. You guys would definitely have to see that if you haven't. That. <laughs> but at this point, you know, like I said, everyone's training. Everyone's, at this point, everyone's trying, trying to get back to strength and live up to Rengoku's expectations. We do get, like, a scene of everyone going up on separate missions. Um, tending to kind of not being, but still, you know, spazzing out about going on his own. You know, skating, you know, ready to go whenever. We do get this one fight scene of... Tanjiro and Nezuko taking on a demon and you know seeing the results of their training and how they're even now even able able to take on take out lower demons um you know ones that are not that high up on the hierarchy compared you know to an upper moon so Tanjiro comes back from his missions and he hears the girls from the butterfly mansion crying out and you know trying to stop someone from taking two of their own for he sees a mission and this is the Hashira that will be following this arc, which is Tengen Uzui, the sound Hashira. So he's like, I need two female demon slayers for a mission. Um, Tanjiro pops up and he's like, what is going on? What are you doing to these girls? But at that point, they're all crowning over him, trying to stop him from taking the two girls. Even the um, Kano, she usually uses uh, the coin the thing, but when Tanjiro you know, kind of helping her, she makes a decision on her own without relying on that to stop him, even if it's just pulling on his arm to, you know, stop him from going, from leaving. Tanjiro pops up, he sees what's going on, but he still jumps into action, tries to headbutt Uzui, but he disappears. That's when we reveal that he's a former ninja, so Tanjiro's, you know, even at Tanjiro's speed, he's no way he would have caught up to him. But he's like, listen, what are you doing? You bring those girls back right now, this is kidnapping. And he's like, listen, I'm a Hashira. I'm, I outrank you. I need two female demon slayers for a mission. And one of the girls he took was actually just like a worker slash healer. They were real like, listen, she's not even uh, a proper member. She doesn't have on the uniform, so she can't fight. So he's like, notices. And he's like, oh, okay. Then literally flings her off the, the top of the thing he's standing on. Tantra catches her. He's like, are you crazy? You could have hurt her. He's like, listen. I need, like I said, I'm repeating again, I need a demon, female demon slayer for a mission. If she has on the uniform, that means she can at least defend herself. So, I don't see what the problem is. And at that point, Tanjiro's like, listen, I don't know what's going on, but clearly, she doesn't choose to fight, so you can't force her to go to a situation that will involve fighting, so we will go with you. And he's like, we? Who are we? And at that same point, Tan, um, Zenitsu and Inosuke come back from their missions, and they're like, listen, we'll go in her place. Whatever you need, we'll do it. But you can't force her to go. And if we have to stop you ourselves from taking her, then we will. And he kind of sees the glee in their eyes and, you know, their determination to stand up. He gets them. He's like, oh, okay, fine. I'll take you three with me. And they're like shocked at first. Like, okay, wasn't expecting him to actually agree that fast. But, you know, he does. And 
he's like, all right, so we'll be going to the uh, entertainment district. That's where we'll be going, and we get kind of a little snippet of what is to be the main demon there. So, at that point, he introduces himself. Um, we can tell that he's a very strict, um, kind of a wild um, personality type of person, even some to the point that he's so disillusioned to his own you know, craziness that when he meets Inosuke, and Inosuke kind of has the same vibe and beep as him. He's just like, what is wrong with this weird kid? And he's like, weird? Why are you calling me weird after everything you just did? But Tanjiro takes him to the shrine, and he's like, yeah, no. Um, you know said Like, the flash of them something. Uh, but Tanjiro's like, yeah, no, he's just sound Hashira. He's fine. So they go, and they end up meeting, going into the red light district. Um, everyone's kind of overwhelmed because this time because this is the best situation in a place they're not used to. Uh, Nosuke is overwhelmed because it's a lot more people than he's used to dealing in one area. Uh, Zemi too is taken in by all the pretty girls and women there. Um, but at that point, Yuzuri kind of knocks them over and drags them off to a location that has the Hysteria crest on it, which is the family that supports Demon Slayers. So they go there and he gives them a rundown. Basically, he's like, listen... I'm trying to find my wives. I sent them in for a recon mission, but it's been weeks and I haven't heard from them. So I'm worried that maybe they found something and they've been captured. So then, of course, this kind of throws Tom um, to off. He's like, listen, we're not here to help you find a wife. Is that what you've been using Demon Slayer, you know, power for? And he's like, no, you idiots. They are my wives. And he, then he reveals like, no, there's three of them. They're all Konuichi, female ninjas. And, you know, they each went to three of these major houses in this in this red light district. I said red light district. Entertainment district. So he's like, listen, you guys are going to infiltrate all of the three houses that they went into and try to find any and any, any and all information about them. So he um, ends up dressing them all up as girls, but puts on this horrible makeup for all three of them, but uses his own charm to get Tanjiro into one of the houses right away. Um... At that point, they're walking and Zenny 2 is not happening. He's like, oh my god, this not only just do annoying, he's incredibly handsome, and he has three wives, and he just needs to die. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Um, at that point, a Yunosuke gets scouted by one of the other uh, main ladies of one of the other houses that he wanted to infiltrate. So they end up taking a Yunosuke there where they remove the makeup and he they're like, oh, look at her, she's so pretty. I, I could tell I don't know what that man was thinking, putting that horrible makeup on her, but she's so much prettier without it, which, <laughs> at that point, we, you know, we, we can already know, like, at that point, like, he didn't even have to do that for Inosuke. Inosuke was already born with that kind of pretty boy face, so he kind of already passes as a girl, but he did tell him a little later on, well, I can say it now, he did tell him that basically, like, hey, you know, you might have the face of a girl, but your body and your voice is that of a man, so you need to keep as much quiet as possible, so that way your identity isn't revealed. Um, and then he kind of finds a way to get uh, Zenitsu into the other house, but the way he did it kind of pisses off uh, Zenitsu. So he's like, oh, I'm going to climb up the ranks of this house, and then you'll be sorry. But we see how everyone is doing. Tanjiro's being the helper that he is in the other house. Um, but he does meet one of the top ladies there and see that, you know, she is a very nice lady, you know, cares about the other younger girls that are there. And, you know, and at that point, Tanjo is trying to get more information about one of the wives that went there. 
and she does get a little curious like huh why would you be looking for her um they, they did have this thing it's a saying where um one of the uh girls there if a girl runs away from her debts to run away with one of the patriots um you know that if they get captured that could be you know grounds for them being killed you know for them trying to run off against their debt but and and then you know they kind of kind of connects like oh that's a perfect way of you know saying what happened to a girl if she goes missing um that'd be a perfect excuse for a demon to use you know you know takes the girl and devours her and then uses that as oh she just ran away from her debt so when they ask him oh why were you asking about her <laughs> this is funny seeing what Tandro's face puffs up and he can barely speak and then this little clip it like yeah Tandro can't lie so when he does he makes this really ridiculous face he's saying like oh she's my sister we just got sold and I heard she was here and you know that's when he's like okay yeah so clearly something happened uh, I hope she didn't get captured by the demon but if she did, then it's possible the demon is using this whole tradition, not tradition, but this whole saying thing of running off against, running away from her debt as a means of having her, you know, people not looking for her. But then we turn to Inosuke, who, you know, he is blending in, but he finds it hard that he's, you know, he's not comfortable in the type of, the type of clothes he's wearing. And he has to keep quiet to know they don't pick up that he is a guy. But he does hear word about one of the other wives that were there, and that especially she's been up in her room and hasn't left in days. So he's like, okay, so I'll go check. We go, and we see these ribbons everywhere, and we see one of Uzumi's wives um, all wrapped up. And he, um, basically, we see a little snippet of the demon trying to get information from her. Basically, he, the demon caught wind of her notes and is trying to get as much information out of her as possible. I'm trying to remember their names. Um, because the one that we met, at least the one that was there, one that was tied up in the one that you know, Makio, that was her. Uh, so Makio is the one that we captured. Um, and then when even when Nosuke gets close and she tries to make noise, even like uh enclosed like you look like ribbons well you can really tell but it looked like ribbons at the time like hold her you and hold her like she was like uh, 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 don't make any noise um but at that point Tan not Tanjiro I keep saying Tanjiro you know he senses you know something um his like sense of feel and whatnot is a lot stronger than everyone else it's funny how each one of them have a different like strong sense um Tanjiro's is smell you know in Zenitsu is hearing and in Osuke's, it's like sensory and like touch. So he can kind of like sense things a lot better than most people. So he does sense like something's there and he throws one of the, the pots, a cups of food at it. And he notices like, okay, no, clearly there's something in there. It must be the demon. So he goes and he tries to get it, but he ends up punching a man and ends up losing the track of the demon. So we end up going into Zenitsu's house. He runs into this little girl you know, crying in this room that's all messy, and he's like, oh, like, what, what's wrong? Are you okay? Please tell me what happened, and maybe I could help, and then he senses this overwhelming dread and death and despair behind him, and he's like, oh, no. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, this is definitely a demon behind me, and the strong presence that this demon is giving off 
she's got to be an upper rank. So he is like freaking out because he's like, I, I, there's no way I can take this on by myself. But the demon is, um, uh, we got her name. Her name is Stocky and one. I don't think that's the name she gets to. But you know, we know to get a reveal that you know that's her. And you know, she grabs the girl by the ear. It's like, listen, you just want to clean this up. Why are you crying? Get to work, you useless girl. She's pulling her ear to the point that it's bleeding and ta- uh, not saying Tondro. But this doesn't kind of sound like something Tondro would do, but no. Uh, this actually surprised me. I'm, sure, I'm not sure it surprised a lot of people. But Zanitsu grabs her by the arm and tells her to let go of the girl. She's like, please let her go. And she's like, oh, so you dare touch me and talk to me? And backhands her to the point, well, backhands her like him all the way to the next room. You know, the other patrons try to calm her down. It's like, listen, we, we, you know, she's new. She didn't know anything. Uh, we're sorry, you know. And, you know, tries to play it off. And she's like, no, this life lady who's just trying to make a living. But, and one thing she does notice is, and we do kind of kind of like a bit of flashback of her talking to Luzon. And he's like, listen, um, the, you know, it's kind of, he, not hard, but easy for demon slayers to blend in so that way you know you can't really tell them but Hashiras do give off a different sense and a different you know air about them so picking them out is a little easier than you know lower ranked demon slayers but you can sometimes tell on how their body moves how they react and whatnot and she notices in that moment she backhanded Zenitsu that even though it did knock him out he did uh respond in a way that protected them from being completely, you know, knocked out the way and probably killed. She's like, yeah, this girl is clearly not a, a Hashira, but she's definitely a demon slayer. So calling her she, which is hilarious. Like, how do you not know? That's a, that's a boy. So, you know, then he two wakes up, the girls, you know, consoled him, like, thank you, you know, for saving me. We're so sorry. We'll, we'll go get you, you know. You was really brave on what you did, and, you know. We'll go get you some food, you know. You know, just you know, just try to say I love her way, and he's like, Yeah, sure, no problem. And you know, tells him bye. And as soon as he leaves, and he's like, Huh, you know, you know, nice little girls. Uh, the ribbons that we saw earlier holding on Makio grabs down and wraps up in Denitsu. And we were like, Oh, shit, Denitsu's just been captured. <laughs> so we go to the next day, and Inosuke and Tanjiro meet up with Uzui to give him an update. That's when he uh, reveals, like, yeah, he lost contact with Zenitsu. It's a good chance the demon got a hold of him. He's like, yeah, I had an encounter with it, but I wasn't able to catch it. So um, <clears throat> he's like, listen, this is clearly way over your heads. The demon we are dealing with is a much higher rank than we imagined. I shouldn't have brought you here. I was too impulsive. I was just trying to save my wives. But in doing that, I put your lives in danger. Uh, and at this point, Zenitsu is already captured, so his life is in the most immediate danger. I can't put any more lives in danger, so you two need to go. And he just, you know, disappears. But he's like, they're like, no, we're not leaving. We came here to do a job, and we're going to do it. Moreover, now that we got to save Inosuke and protect these people from the terror of this demon. <coughs> Excuse me. So when Tanjiro decides to leave, he does inform the lady of his house like i'm sorry for lying 
But I'm actually a demon slayer. I'm here to take out the demon that's possibly causing all these girls to disappear. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, I knew you were a de- uh, boy. It was kind of obvious. And she's like, well, actually, this will be my last night here. I'm actually going to be leaving this area for good as well. My debts are all paid. And there actually is this rich merchant, someone noble that wants to marry me. So this will be actually be my last night here. And he's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. You know, you'll be, you know, moving up. But, you know, she is worried. She's like, what if I go? I'm worried about the other girls who, you know, are still stuck here. But, you know, they've all been so nice to me and pushing me to do this. You know, let me change my life and have a better life. So, you know, yeah, they give their thanks. You know, thank you for everything. I hope you have, you know, a better future from now on. Um, And, you know, Tanjiro leaves. So, you know, as the girl, you know, I guess, like, fixes up her makeup and whatnot, she senses something behind her. She's like, oh, did you forget something? And we see the demon behind her. Like, oh, yeah, no, I forgot to actually get you. Uh, Tonight's your last night, and if you leave, it'd be that much difficult to get you. Plus, you know, she's a pretty girl like yourself. I'm sure your blood and whatnot be delicious and, you know, power me up even more. So, Tanjiro starts, you know, jumping to meet up at the uh, rendezvous point with Inosuke and Uzui when he senses something and he's like, wait, I sent something back over there. Oh, no. So he starts heading back at that point. Inosuke kind of gives up on waiting. Um, and then he uses these mice that Untangen has, these muscle mice, to give him back his uniform and his swords. And he uses his, you know, sensory to sense, like, oh, okay, no, they're clearly... There's some type of underground, like, cavern or labyrinth under here. And that's probably what the demon's been using to travel through, you know, throughout the day. So he uses that and uses another weird ability of his. Well, he, I would, I don't even know, it's double jointed. Basically, he can move around the bones in his body and even his organs. And he uses that to slither through the path he found into a cave where there's nothing but a bunch of ribbons, but he looks closer, and he sees Inosuke, he sees Tangan's other wives, and a bunch of other girls that the demon has captured. At that point, the ribbon is trying to, you know, capture him as well, saying like, oh, you know, he was, you know, really, it was a boy, but it's very pretty, you know. Basically, because see this demon has a thing for, you know, trying to eat and kill pretty girls. So he's trying to capture him, but at the same time, he ends up releasing... Was it him that ended up releasing? I think it was. Yeah, he ended up releasing Inosuke and um, Tainiken's wives. Um, well, just two of them. Makio and Suma, I believe the other name is. Yeah, Suma. Uh, they were the two that were captured. So they, you know, used their ninja skills to defend. They're like, listen, don't worry about us. We can defend ourselves. You find a way to, you know, take down this demon and free up the other girls. Um, at the same time, Tengen kind of senses something that's going on. Was it at that point? Yeah, at that point he found his other wife, Hino, Hina something. I'll have to look up. What's her? Hina, Hinatsura, Hinatsura. I hope I'm saying that right. So I think at that point he found her. The demon didn't capture her in her ribbons because uh, I guess at that point that she caught on that the demon was catching on to her. So she tried to leave by poisoning herself. But the demon, I guess, was one step ahead of her and captured her and left her somewhere else. But Tanki was able to save her, give her an antidote, and she was like, listen, you have to save the others. Don't worry about me. I'll leave once I regain my strength. 
he uses his sound breathing techniques to sense the, the fighting on the ground, uses that to get down there and helps them, you know, um, take down the ribbons and free up all the girls down there. They can go, you know, um, kind of not, well, I guess you could say praising his wives, you know, for being so brave and, you know, still staying alive. And, you know, then he's like, all right, now that I'm here, we can get into action. So we turn back to Tanjiro and he goes back to the lady and he sees that she's being absorbed by the demon, and he, well, by her ribbon. So there's a chance she's still alive. And then, then they get into a fight. He, you know, using his technique and his newfound training, and he is sort of keeping up with the, the demon and he was able to slice out the woman out of the ribbon, freeing her from her clap, her grasp. He's on peace. And, um, and, you know, the fight just keeps escalating, but he notices that at one point the demon's like, listen, clearly you're out. I'm not matching you. Look at your sword. It's all nicked and whatnot. You really think you'll be able to decapitate me with this? And that's when we get like another kind of information buff that he's like, yeah, um, clearly I'm not that well adapted in using the water breathing. It, it's, it's not a style that's working with him. He's more accustomed and his body is more custom into fighting in the sun breathing Hinokani Kamara um, style. So, and then we see him unleashing a lot of techniques in that form, which we do see, like, you know, he was training, you know, to have, have help his body become more accustomed to that. Since it seems his body is more adaptable to that style than the water breathing, which actually is a really cool scene that he does later on with both. But before we get to that, so at that point, you know, he's using that and he is keeping up with Doki a little more. But then at that point, the demon senses Tangin and uses, calls back her ribbons. She absorbs it and she ends up growing into white. You're not growing, but her hair turns white and her strength ends up increasing. And I guess at this point, she would be at full strength. Um, and, you know, Tanjiro can sense that, you know, she's gotten a lot stronger and it's really bad until a uh a resident of the area comes out and he's like, listen, do you know what time it is? What's all this racket about? Tanjo's like, no, you need to stay back. This, It's dangerous here. You need to leave. And and that same moment, Daki attacks with this powerful attack. Tanjo's able to somewhat block it, but he gets heavily cut. The man behind him that came out to complain gets his arm cut off, and then she just devastates the entire area. People are dead and crushed, and there's blood everywhere, and it's just this total devastation to this entire neighborhood. And this really gets Tanjiro like really mad. He's like, how can you treat other human lives like this? Like they're nothing. You just destroyed this whole area, took so many lives in a blink of an eye, like they meant like they their lives meant nothing. And this really gets Tanjiro mad to the point that he starts like his blood starts overflowing, overboiling, and he starts bleeding from his eyes. And we do get this flashback. Um, like flashback of uh, Goku's dad sending him a letter, you know, apologizing for his behavior, you know, saying thank you, you know, for being there for my son in his final moments. Thank you for, you know, defending him when I was saying, you know, the things out there. And I apologize for the way I acted and do giving Tanjiro a bit more information about the sun breathing. Basically saying, he's like, yes, anyone who has mastered or should have been adaptable to sun breathing have worn those earrings, and it's also had the same scar that you have on your head, and it's something that they've been born with. That's when we also get another reveal that Tanjiro's like, no, clearly I'm not one of the chosen ones, because I wasn't born with this mark, 
it was something that happened as an accident. He was saving one of his siblings and a boiling pot of water um, got on his forehead, making the, his original scar. And just over the years of him fighting, it's changed into what it is. Which I do have my own little theory on that. Um, I wonder if I, I mean, I guess I should kind of say it. It kind of, I, I wonder if that's more like, and he does reveal um, that he, he believed that his dad was born with the mark. So he believes more like his dad might have been worthy. Him is just more a happenstance. But I'm wondering, like, is that really true? Like, maybe the dad was born with it. And maybe maybe it was more like fate playing, uh, playing a role in the fact of, you know, he having the same hair color, like same hair and eye color. That's another thing. He was like, oh, uh, sun breathers who are you know, like adaptable are born with you know, the same hair and eye color that you have. You know, and have the scars and have the earrings. So he's like, I I believe like maybe that was kind of fate playing a role in it. Because like as we see throughout the series from like episode, you know, from the beginning, we see his scar slowly, you know, changing more and more. One of that's like an indication of like fate changing him into being the, the, uh, the wielder of the sun breather that he needs to be in order to, you know, end, you know, this reign of terror that the demons are you know having on all of humanity so that's like fate is playing a role in pushing him into that position that he needs to be in at least that's my theory but it'd be it'd be interesting um we get an indication on like why you know but something he wasn't born with like why did it happen and why was his scar constantly changing and speaking of changing we do see a little bit of change of it at the end but we don't get to that yet but at that point you know tundra's like listen I'm clearly not one of the chosen one. I wasn't born with this mark. It just happened. But at this point, it doesn't matter because I can't stand for this. So as Saki is about to leave, especially he sees Tanjiro as just a worthless person who can't, um, who isn't worth it. She tries to leave to go find um, Tengen when Tanjiro jumps up, grabs her by the legs, and starts swinging his sword, almost cutting her head off. But she gets away, and then at the point, and, and this is something a lot of people saw, and this is something even I thought. I thought Tandro had cut her legs when really she tore it off to escape him because she he was holding on to it so tight that she couldn't uh, escape his grasp. So I was like, damn, so wow, wow. You know, and she's still talking big, like, listen, even if I was a human that was centuries ago, I don't remember, I don't care, and it doesn't really matter because I'm stronger, more powerful from them. They're fodder to me now. I could do whatever I want. Kind of, and then we do kind of get more of a flashback then. Clearly, we can see how her life was back then and how people treated her to where now she's reflecting that back on um, how she te- treats people now. God was like, fine, whatever. Clearly, you made your choice. And I think there is another little scene that's really important. The whole time, you know, Tanjo's talking to her like, listen you were human once why do you why do you take human lives so easily do you have no humanity and in that she's having flashbacks of what we believe to be Tanjiro's dad I know taking on and it was just like wait a minute these aren't my memories I don't remember ever meeting a person like this and she's like wait no this is my memories it's the blood's cells memories this is Muzan's memories he's having this PTSD flashback seeing Tondro like this of the demon slayer that looks just like him that might be his dad 
that nearly took him out. So, and this whole time they're fighting in Tundro, he's like just in straight, like, badass mode. He's not blinking. He's just, his body's just, like, moving on instincts. And he's just taking Doki for a ride. She's flipping out. She's trying to escape. She's wondering why, why is he moving like this? He shouldn't, his injuries from earlier should have been more, like, should be tearing him apart. But he's still going. And at one point he almost got her, but then she uses her abilities to turn her neck into the ribbons. So it makes it harder for Tanjiro to cut off. And then he does this. She sends all the ribbons at him at once. He knocks them ill and captures them all. And then you, oh my God, I can't. That was another really good scene that blew up the internet. That scene was wild. He collects them all at once and she, you know, tries to like pull him back. And then Tanjiro just jumps and he just slashes and circles and is about to cut her head off. Oh my God, that scene was so cool. And in that moment, he's about to do, he's about to kill her. Then he starts shaking, and then we see a flashback of his sister, one of his sisters that, well, his sister that passed away, and she's like, Tanjiro, please, you have to breathe, or, or it'll be too late. And in that moment, we realize that this whole time, Tanjiro hasn't been breathing. He, Like I said, he's been moving on pure instincts, and even if he had continued, sure, he would have probably killed Doki, but he would have died in the process. So he, you know, stops, takes a breath, and then at that point, he, he pushes his body way past his breaking point. He can barely keep up. He can barely hear, barely see what's going on. But, you know, that's not really the place to be passing out in front of a demon you try to kill. Then Doki tries talking about big again, like, huh? See, that's the limitation of you humans. I don't have to worry about that. She's about to go in for the kill. Nezuko comes behind and kicks life at her. Literally kicks her into wires and starts, you know, um, raging out. And we do see a little... I don't know if this is, I think it is, but like kind of like flashback memories of the night her family was killed by Muzan and how, you know, everyone and, you know, seeing, you know, how they were all cut down by him and just, I guess, seeing her anger and whatnot and just that overpowering her more. And in that moment, um, we do see um, a memory from Doki, like, she's like, she comes back and literally half her head gone, like, one thing. And, you know, she has a moment with Muzan. And he's like, listen, um, if you find a girl in checkered pattern or whatever the hell he called her kimono type, and he's like, if you see her, um, get rid of her, you know, since she is a demon that he's not able to control like the others. Even with um Tamayo and I forget the other boy that works with her, you know, they had to go through a lot just to lose their connection to Muzan. But and it seems like Nezuko was immediately born with the resistance against Muzan. So, he's like, yeah, I, you know, kind of seen that fear that he has on why he, like, is so adamant of having this fear and control over the other demons, you know, in case they ever, you know, try to rebel against him. He doesn't like the fact that there is a demon out there that's not under his influence. So, he tells Doki to get rid of her. So, they do fight, and uh, Doki does, like, cut off Nezuko's leg, cuts her in half, Sends her flying, she jumps down and she's like, oh, you know, you poor, you know, undeveloped demon, you know, you haven't been eating any blood, so you're not as powerful as even a regular demon, you know, whatever. It's like, well, this is the end for you, I'm gonna, you know, cut off your head, maybe I'll just leave you out for the sun to get, you know, to, 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 to do the finishing job. And in that moment, Nezuko jumps back up, her other half is back, her and her arm she immediately goes back, and Doki's like, wait, what? 
and she's like, wait a minute, this isn't unreal. This girl's healing ability is on upper level rank caliber. And in that moment, I'm like, wait, what? Nesco's power is that of an upper rank? Oh, oh, hell no. Nah. And I think at that is it that point? Oh, maybe a little later. Oh, well, a little later. And when um Nezuko ends up growing up into this really like kind of like a, like an adult form of hers, and then she has like this one huge horn, and Doki's just confused, and she's like, "What is this? This malice, this, this evilness I'm sensing from her? What is going on?" And then you know Nezuko she uh, t- tries to attack her again, goes for the kick. Doki cuts her her leg and arm off. But Nezuko zips again and literally blows out her fucking back with the leg that she just cut off. She moved her back in an instinct with her arm and is through Doki's back. I'm like, oh my god. And then I think at that moment, that's when uh, Doki reveals that Nezuko's uh, 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 healing factor is stronger than hers. Oh, right. I should have also mentioned um, at this point, we revealed that Doki is the upper six demon. So the fact that she said that Nezuko's uh, healing factors is stronger than hers, I'm kind of it, it doesn't reveal like what level of healing she might be at at that point. But especially saying that her healing factor is stronger than an upper than the upper rank six demon right now. So I'm like, whoa, wait, if that's the case, what level of like if compare her healing factor to one of the other other upper ranks. What level are you be talking about here? But we don't get that reveal. I kind of do wish we do maybe later on, especially with Nezuko growing stronger. Would she be like an upper one level healing at that point? Oh, that'd be crazy. Um, but I digress. At that point, Doki. I mean, Nezuko is taking Doki for a ride, stomping her out. But we kind of seeing that it's taking a toll on Nezuko because she's slowly changing. Nezuko we know to basically Nezuko the demon and Tanjiro gets like another flashback visit from his ghost one of his siblings saying like this like wake up please you have to wake up if you don't go at this point she'll lose herself she won't be Nezuko anymore and uh, Tanjiro wakes up he jumps up and he turned back and Nezuko's just stomping the hell out of Donkey Donkey and she is you know at this point she gets mad she cuts her up cuts off her head tries to slice up into pieces, you know, thinking that's gonna help. Absolutely not, because Nezuko grabs her with her blood, and it's like her blood is, like, holding her pieces, her bot parts together, like, oh my god, that's the wildest shit I've ever seen in my life. And some of the blood splashed on Doki when she cut her, so at the same time, she's using her blood to, like, hold her parts together and pull them back. The blood that's on Doki ignites, and it starts frying her up. And then she has a flashback of guessing like she burned to death. And, you know, this freaks her out. She starts screaming and Nezuko reattaches her head, jumps up and just kick, come back down and just kicks her and just starts stomping her out again. Oh my god, I'm, that was like one of the best episodes I've ever seen. Oh my god. <laughs> and she kicks her up, kicks her, sends her kicking again and sends her flying through like five buildings. Oh my god. Nezuko's so fucking, oh my god, that was so amazing. So, um, but like I said, this does have a downside because Nezuko goes to find Doki and kind of continue on the, the you know, the the, the, the the beating and torment when she senses uh, blood. And we're like, oh no, this isn't good. This isn't good. And she, um, 
you know, and she doesn't have her bamboo thing anymore to stop her. So she's chatting her teeth. She's smelling the blood. She's basically in demon mode at this point. And she runs up and I tries to attack the lady. And luckily, Tanjiro comes back and he, you know, stops her. But he is weak at this point. But he's doing everything he can to hold her back. He's like, listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry. You, I forced you to fight Nezuko. I know you must have been in pain. Please just, you know, revert back to normal. Heal yourself. It's okay. I can deal with this. But at this point, she's too out of it. She's trying to control. Um, jumps up through him to a ceiling into the next room. He's still trying to hold her back. And Doki pops up again. We're like, oh, crap. But at this point, she's all fucked up. Her eyes and she's burned up in places. And that's another thing we realize uh, that we get a little uh, snippet about. Seems that Nezuko's demon blood art um, seems to only harm demons and, you know, demon, you know, abilities. It doesn't harm um, humans, which is very interesting. So she's like, you know, she's ready to attack them again. Tanjiro's conflicted. He doesn't know what to do. He's like, even if I let Nezuko go and, you know, have her attack, Doki, there's no telling what she'll do next. She might attack one of these humans, and I, and I can't allow that. And in that moment, a Tengen pops up, and he, you know, stops it. Stop Stocky's attack, and he, you know, turns to Nezuko and, and, and Tanjiro, and he's like, listen, you need to get this under control, you know, you said all that thing in from the master, but look at her now, and look at you, and in that moment, uh, Daki's like, oh, so you're the Hashira I've been, you know, sensing, so you finally came to me, and he's like, he's like, bitch, shut up, I'm not here for you, you're clearly not the demon I've been looking for, you're way too weak, and in that moment, we're like, wait, what do you mean? She, clearly, she's the upper ranks. It's demon. Why is he saying? Why did he say that she's not the demon he's been looking for? There's no way she could be an upper rank six. Look, be an upper rank. And she's like, "What are you talking about?" Clearly, I am. And in that same moment, her head comes off. And we're like, "Ain't no way he just took out the upper six demon like this, like in a split second. Like absolutely not. There's no way." Especially the fact that they hyped up all all upper ranks. As being like super overpowered and very difficult to kill. Like it's been over a hundred years since they've last killed an upper rank demon. Like no way that it's no way it's been it was that easy. Especially, you know, I mean, we did jump from, you know, seeing three to jumping back down there. Now we're dealing with number six. But still. <laughs> Excuse me. So, you know, he tells um Tanjo to like, you know, get her under control, you know. You're you said you were in charge of her keeping her. So do it. So then she Nazuko flings him out the place, back outside, and Tanjiro does remember a lullaby that his mom used to sing. He tries singing it, and it does kind of put Nazuko in a trance of hearing her mom singing it, and you know, getting her back to normal. She starts crying, and then she shrinks down to her little cute little baby size and falls asleep. And and Tanjiro's like, "Oh, thank God, she finally went to sleep. I did it. Thank you, mom. Thank you so much." So we go back into the room and you know Tengen's berating and making fun of Doki. You know, Doki's like, No, how dare you? I'm an upper rank six demon. I ain't powerful, don't underestimate me. And he's like, Well, if you're an upper rank demon, why do you have your head in your lap? I just cut your head off. You'll be dead in a few minutes anyway. And that really gets her and she starts crying. And he's like, What the fuck? And she's like, I am an upper rank, I am an upper rank six demon. How dare you? And then Tengen's like, wait a minute. We see him like, wait. I cut her head off. Why isn't she disintegrating? Even if she isn't upper rank, like parts of her should start disintegrating already. But nothing, and she's still, you know, talking as nothing, as if nothing's wrong. And he slowly starts putting his swords, you know, at his side, ready to like, you know, attack. 
And she starts crying. She's like, I am, I am. How dare you? And she's like, he cut off my head. He cut off my help. My head. Help me, big brother. Who? I'm sorry. Who? What? Big brother? Who the hell is that? And then we just see this creature emerging from her back. And we're like, oh, hell no. And Tengen immediately senses the danger. Tries to go to it. Does absolutely nothing. He pops out. Talking to Doki like, oh, you poor thing, so stupid. How did you let them do this to you? And Tengen turns around, shocked, horrified at his attack. Did nothing. And he is, you know, he's out, has his own body, and is just, you know, patting, consoling Doki, and starts healing her. Her wounds are healed. And we're like, oh, shit. I think we're in trouble, guys. And, you know, he turns back around, tries to attack, we see him flash back, and his eyes say upper six, upper six as well, and then he flashes in front, and Tangan has a huge gaping hole, like cut in his head, and even his bandana metal thing breaks, we're like, oh, shit, oh yeah, no, this is the real deal, this is so this is what he was talking about. This is the one he was looking for. Oh, shit. Then we turn around. He turns around and he just starts freaking out. He's like, oh, you know, you, you look, look, look nice. You look like a nice young man, you know, all strong and buff. You got a pretty handsome face. I hate it. I want to rip you apart. I want to tear you to pieces and all this. And then this is... <coughs> I'm basically doing like a younger sibling thing, like big brother. You you gotta help me. They were bullying me. You know, I was doing everything fine on my own, and then they all ganged up on me. Like I was like, this, this bitch just do a whole one eighty. You here terrorizing all these people. The minute and then the minute she starts getting her her ass handed to her, she turns around and tries to play it up as the victim. I'm like, oh hell no. Nah. And of course, being the the older brother, it's like, oh oh, well, you know. Poor thing, you know, she's not the smartest tool in the tool shed, but she's doing the best she can. And the fact that you all gain up on her just shows you're not good people. Like, what? What is going on? Then he reveals his name as Gutro, and that, like I said, we see his eyes a bit more clearly, and they do say upper six. So it's like, oh my god, he's got to be kidding me. So it's like, wait, his eyes say upper six, but so did Doki's. What is going on? Then it's revealed a little later that they're actually two in one. They're two demons in one. So we're like, oh my god, you've got to be kidding me. Tang is like, yeah, this is clearly going to be a lot harder. Because now instead of dealing with one, we're dealing with two. And the second one that popped up is clearly a lot more stronger than the one we've been dealing with. And it's like, oh my god. And this whole time, Tang is running through his mind like, okay, clearly, so they're two in one. So how am I supposed to clearly cutting her her head did, did nothing. If anything, it, it merged him. So is he the main unit? Do we have to cut his head off? Do we have to cut both of their heads off? Does it have to be at the same time? And at that point, uh, Zenitsu, you know, escape pop up and they give him backup. Tundra goes to put Nesco in the box and he shows up for backup as well. Um, <coughs> Excuse me, guys. And, you know, at that point, um... Uh, Gitro reveals that his sights and his blood demon art is also poisonous. So when he cut uh Tangan earlier, 
his blood is just like his his poison is slowly like entering his body and should be you know he'll be dead soon but he reveals like hey you know i'm a ninja i've had you know training since i was little i'm immune to poison so your poison isn't doing anything but we can kind of clearly see like black not black but purple uh areas of him showing up on his face and he's breathing a lot heavier so maybe the poison isn't is having a direct you know uh, effect on him like maybe with other demon slayers but it clearly is slowly starting to affect him and that's not good when um tanjiro hears that he freaks out but tengen doesn't get that down he's like listen um <coughs> these demon i forget the name There's like certain names that i guess they call for demon slayers that work directly under a hashira he's like these are my kind of like subordinates they work under me we're a team we're gonna take you down and we're not gonna stop i'm here and that's all that matters and he kind of sees like the spirit of rengoku in tengen and it's like oh, oh, oh. oh actually there was another thing i have to like, talk about before we get to this fight because oh my god there's so many twists and turns in this fight um before they pop up the uh, go Kuturo tells him like oh you were just born lucky born with all this luck and talent and strength and all that and tank is like wait one second sorry about that i need water again <laughs> but um yeah he's like oh you know you have the strength this looks everything you know you were really blessed you know you're really unfortunate you know you, you, you you're one of the elites and he's like elites are you kidding me right now he's like compared to me there are people who are so outclassed who so outclass me i'm nothing compared to them and then we get a flash kind of like a flash image of two hashiras which one we will get into in the next arc basically he said there's one Demon Slayer, that is so overpowered, like he will blow your mind when you witness his strength. And he's like, then there's other Hashiras who were only members for like two months and climbed up the rank as a Hashira in those two months. Well, he probably had to do years of training to reach his level of uh, the level of Hashira that he's at. So he's like, please don't tell me that everything I've had has been luck. And I've just been lucky. He's like, no, I've had to work my ass off to be where I am. I'm not some superhuman born with skill and talent. Like, no, I've had to work my way to the bone to be the position I am. I'm nowhere near the level of some of the other Hashiras. And I think at that one point, he did kind of flash over to Rengoku, saying like, Rengoku was one of those people that he admired, you know, for having such amount of strength and, you know, just being like one of those top people that he, you know, was talking about. So, and um, and so then we go back and at one and one point the battles end up flipping. Daki takes on on Zenitsu and Inosuke, while Tengen and Tanjiro take out try to fight on Yutaro, uh, and th that fight was just wild. I'm, I can't even describe hundred percent everything that happened because honestly you just gotta see it to believe it. it's so much better when you watch it because just all the you know him using all of his um sound sound techniques and Yutro using his sights and 
uh, Tengen, not Tengen, what I'm Tanjiro, you know, even though he can't really fight uh, at that level, you know, he's giving support, especially since both, even though uh, Yutro and Daki are separated, they're still fighting in a way that assists the others. So, you know, Daki's ribbons are coming down and also, you know, trying to attack Tengen. So Tanjiro's trying to, you know, hold those off so that he can focus on Yutro. And Yuto's blood sites still like go up to the air and you know interact with Zenitsu and Inosuke. It's just like back and forth, and then you know, then at one point they leave the building and they go the evident ones outside. And this is one really cool scene that Tan, the one of uh, uh Uzui's wife, he Natsuru, she showed up with this huge like ninja Gatlin something, and shoots out all these kunais to like Yutro. He uses his blood demon art to like reflect them all, but um, Tengen jumps in. He gets skewed by a few, and he ends up, you know, getting few in him as well. And then he notices that they're cold in Wisteria um flower, which is poison to demons. So it stops him from regenerating. He cuts off Tengen, cuts off his legs, and Tanjo jumps in. It looks like he's about to finish him off, but he doesn't. Then he ends up going back, and um, you know. Tengen pushes him out the way and deflects the attack, but he disappears. Then we find out he jumped up to where his um one of his wives was and tries to like, you know, kill her for inter uh for interfering, uh, even blocking Tengen from stopping him. But and then we do get a kind of a flashback of them, you know, like their whole thing, like how, you know, kind of much getting like a a flashback of Tengen's life and how he grew up in a ninja family home and how he had to go through all these trials and tribulations and how it cost him the life of so many of his siblings and he did have one sibling that's still alive but he has the same kind of war twisted mindset of his father that he just sees people around him as tools and disposable even his three wives that he has but he didn't see that so that's why I guess he deserted them and went on to doing the, the Demon Slayer Corky he but I would master, and I, you know, kind of vibed with him, and, you know, saw that they had the same kind of mindset, so, and then we do get another little snippet flashback of them, him and his three wives talking about, like, listen, um, when this is over, I hope we're all together, you know, all of us, the four of us, we didn't lose anyone along the way, but they also said that they want him to retire after taking out an upper moon, so basically, they were like, listen, I understand you have your job and whatever as a demon slayer, but I say once you take out another moon, I say you have re not like we like you've repaid, but basically like you've done your duty, you took out an upper rank. I think you we should uh, retire, move away, and just live our lives after that. You know, plus there's not a if if at that point we're all together. So, you know, he gets that he tries to jump out the 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 thing to save his wife and this is the, the scene i was talking about uh tanjo sees that he tries to go he tries to use the the hinokami kagura but he can't because he's too badly wounded and he's like but i can't use the water breathing because it wouldn't be powerful enough he's like i have to think of something i have to find some way to save her and be a help and he jumps <coughs> and then gets the idea and he ends up using both breathing techniques at once that blew my mind when I saw that. I was like, wait, what? Did he just use both at once? And then he's like, yeah. he's like, okay, I get it now. I have to find a style that works with um that works the best with both of me using both of these styles. 
that way I'm not just abandoning, you know, the water breathing that he was taught, you know, and then not solely relying on the sun breathing since he's not 100% adaptable to that as well yet. He's like, I had to find a way to combine the two that would work the best with my level of strength right now. So after that, we do get more into the fight. Uh, Daki ends up coming up a little closer to where Tanjiro is. So Tanjiro joins the fight and they end up, you know, uh, taking a care of Daki while Tengen uh, takes on Gutero. At one point, they have a plan where Inosuke will use his strength and his speed to get close to Daki enough to cut off her head while Tanjiro and Inosuke and Zenitsu defend him. They do that. They do get her head. They're like, okay, good. We, so we already have one down. We just gotta wait for Tengen to decapitate Yutro and we can end this. But in that moment, it looks like, oh man, that was probably one of the worst episode endings in the world. Because uh, Zeni, no, I keep saying Zenitsu. Inosuke is running off with the head, saying like, I'm not gonna let the, I'm even gonna go miles away from your body, you know, in order to, you know, because we already got one head off, we gotta focus on the other one. We ten and then Tanjo is about to go down and help him so that they can do that and return. And Yuto is behind Inosuke, stabbing him through the heart to get Daki's head back. He screams out, his, Tanjo screams out Inosuke's name. He's like, What's going on? Why is he here? How did he get there so fast? Wait, if he's there, what happened to Tengen? Return Tengen is on the floor, blood is everywhere, and one of his hands is gone. We're like, Oh my god, he's dead. And in that moment, was that? I think it was Daki who did that move. She uses her ribbons and does does the same move she did when she got her power back and attacked that whole uh, neighborhood that like deeply cut Tanjiro, cut off that man's arm, and pretty much killed it, almost everyone in that entire area. Does it again. Uh, Zenitsu senses it. He pushes Tanjiro out the way, getting caught in it, and that. Then you could see the despair in Tanjiro's face. He's falling. He's like, "Why did it all go wrong?" There's no way we can't we can't defeat them. They're too powerful. And he's like, I'm sorry, Inosuke. I'm sorry, Tengen. I'm sorry, Zenitsu. I'm sorry, Nezuko. And he wakes up and they're just the, the entire area is just flames and fire and everything. And you know, he checks on Nezuko, she's fine, but then Yutro pops up and he's like, Huh, I see. So that demon in the back, she's your little sister, aren't you? Oh, you poor thing. You know. You're supposed to be the older brother. You're supposed to protect her. But because you're just a human, you can't do that. Well, that means you failed your sister. But that's just one scene. Oh, my God. He's like, you know, he's like, oh, you know, it's fine. You know, you're doing the best you can. You're only human. There's no way you can fight up against a demon. And then he takes, he's like, but, you know, you're all the older brother. It's your job to protect the younger siblings. And, you know, you have, you have to use your own strength for that. Even your own fingers, if maybe. And he takes his two hands. He bends them all the way back. To the point of, it looks, oh my god. His his hands, oh my Jesus, yours. That was probably the worst scene I've ever, oh my god. And he's like slapping him around, you know, degrading him. For not, not being able to protect anyone. And he goes to everyone, he's like, yeah. That boarhead kid, definitely dead, stabbed him through the heart, and I'm sure the poison would just finish him off. Tengen, the same way, the poison is slowly getting to him as well, so he'll be dead, and then Zenitsu is trapped. He's alive, 
but he's trapped under rubble and he can't move. <laughs> so he's like, the smoke inhalation would eventually get to him. So it's really just you, but he's like, hey, you know, since you're still the last one standing and you're still brave enough to be here, I'll give you a free shot. Just hit me. Come on, come on, come on. And then Tanjiro's hyperventilating. He's freaking out. He grabs Nezuko and runs. But that just gets Yutro even more hyped up. He kicks him into the building. Then, you know, and then they get out. And then he's like slowly, oh my god, that was creepy. Just like behind, coming up with the flames. and Pretty much looking like what he is. Like a freaking demon. Like, oh my Jesus. And Tanjiro's just, you know, trying to do everything to get him away. He kicks him in the stomach, and he's like, listen, you're human. There's only so much you can do. But he's like, you know what? I respect you for what you've been doing. You know, I respect you for trying to protect your sister. You know what? Why don't you just become a demon? You know, like, clearly you got something going on for you. It'd be a waste. You'll become a demon, and then you'll be just like your sister. You'll be able to protect her and yourself. But, and of course, Ducky's like, brother, that's not what we agreed on. You know, he's one of the people who did terrible things to me you have to kill him but he's like come on come on you know you know you know it's the best thing for you just become a demon but then he's like yeah no that's not happening and headbutts him but he's like huh what's your headbutt gonna do but then it actually does that's some type of damage and he's like wait a minute there's no way how is this possible then we turn and it turns out that in that moment of you know Concealing, you know, he pretty much everything he did was to conceal the fact that he grabbed one of the poison kunides and used it to weaken him so that he would get weak enough so that he could go for his neck. And he does. So we're just like, yeah, see, Tanjo's not giving up. And that's actually one of the things that uh, Yuto asks. He's like, why? Why are you still fighting? It's useless. It's pointless. Why are you still going? And he, you know, Tanjo's not giving up. Daki realizes what's going on. She's ready to attack. But then Zenitsu jumps out using his light, his lightning breathing. Then he uses this one technique and he's like godlike speed and uses it to take Daki and starts slowly cutting off her neck, moving like lightning through the air, slowly doing it. And he's like, I can only, this is the last time I can do this technique. But he used it the first time to get out of the rubble. He's like, this is my last effort. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm using everything I have. They cut off her head. I can't do this. Tanjiro isn't giving up, so I can't give up either. Um, and Tanjiro does see kind of a little bit of a flashback at one moment where he sees how their situations could have been switched, especially if, you know, he's like, it's different to the fact that, you know, he still remained a human while, you know, even though Nesco's a demon, he didn't turn into a demon. He's still human, which I guess helped. It's helping keep Nezuko's humanity intact. But he does see the parallel of what would happen if they had both been demons. If he had turned into a demon as well with Nesco, he would still want to protect her and be there for her, even if it meant, you know, going after anyone that, you know, killing anyone that would go after her. But he's like, that's really the difference between us. I still have my humanity, so I'm keeping hers, and I can't stand for what you're doing. But, uh, Yutro pulls out the kunai, starts forgetting his strength, and then, you know, but at that point, Tanjiro's not giving up, he's still fighting back, he's still fighting back, but at one point, it looked like he's about to shank him in the eye with his sights, with his, uh, yeah, sights, and Tengen pops up, and he's still alive, he, like, and then, you know, counters the attack, and Yutro's confused, he's like, wait, I thought he was dead, how's he still alive? He's like, wait a minute, 
I, he's like, I checked his pulse and everything. He's like, wait, no way. Did he stop his heart to slow down the poison? And, you know, and then the play dead. And then he's like, damn it, why won't y'all just die? And he's like, I'm not giving up. And then he, uh, like, on, like, I can't even, like, describe what just happened. It, like, this next whole scene was just amazing. You guys need to see it if you haven't seen that fight. Like, oh my god. So they were just slashing and countering and just explosions here and there, and it's just amazing. And Tandro, you know, he's like in the background trying to wait for T- Tengen to make the opening so he can jump in and finish it off. And at one point, he, you know, his his two swords that he uses are connected with a chain that gets cut. He cuts off uh, Yuto's legs. He then he gets stabbed in the gut, and and then and then he gets slashed in one of his eyes, and he's like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "Don't stop! Keep going!" So then he pushes him um forward. Tanjiro jumps in for the you know the, the just to get him. But then he uses his other his hand that's still there and pushes a scythe up through his mouth. Oh my god! But Tengen, but Tanjiro's not giving up. He still connects the sword to his neck. But you know, good Yutro's like, ha ha! It doesn't matter. I'm still gonna be alive, even if he, somehow y'all get Doc. He said, "I'll be fine." But then Tanjiro's like, "I'm not giving up, even if I have to put hunt all my strength into it. Even if I have to go beyond, I am going to cut your head off." Then we see his scar changing, and it starts looking more like flames. And he just starts screaming, and literally is like pushing his body and everything to its absolute limit and beyond, and starts slowly cutting off his head. And in that moment, that's when he's like, "Listen, it's fine. Even if my head gets cut off, as long as Doki's still good, well, we'll, we'll still win this." And then we switch over to Doki, and t- uh, t- not time, t- uh, Jesus, in peace. There's too many going on. And then then he's like almost there, but he's starting to lose strength. He can't keep going. Doki sees that's an opportunity. The moment he left to go, she'll finish him off. But then he escape pops up, and he's like, "Blood." He's like, "Your poison has no effect on me, as I grew up on the mountain in harsh environment, and also well, I'm able to use, move my organs and what out the way." So he was able to move his heart out the way from being stabbed. It's like, oh my god, I just can't. I can't take it while he's switching turns. He comes behind the connect and they're slowly cutting her off in three piece in three places and she starts screaming brother help me help me but he can't do anything he's like i have to release my blood demon heart and everyone's just screaming and yelling pushing it all and they did it they cut off their heads at the same time to the point that both of them both of their heads roll to each other and just stop and everyone just falls to the ground or fall wherever they are. Tandro gets up, but it's not a happy ending yet, because at that point he's poisoned. He he can barely breathe. His vision's getting blurry and blurrier. He's trying to use his breathing to control it, but it's not helping. But in that moment, he, he's just hoping that he did it, that he did connect and cut off his head. But then he sees Tengen freaking out, saying it's not over. It's not. We have to run. And he's like, what? What do you mean? He's so delusional, he doesn't know what he means. He thinks maybe he didn't call off his head and he's still alive. But he's like, no, we have to run. And in that moment, Yutro was able to, even though his head was cut off, his body was able to release a powerful last attack. And it pretty much decimates the rest of the entertainment district. And that's how that episode ends. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me right now. But then we get to the last, the last episode. 
And oh my god. We pretty much get a whole recap of that whole last moment. Tanjiro, you know, fighting off the poison, delusional, not going on. Tengen jumps up and he notices that his body is still reacting, trying to release his blood demon art, telling Tanjiro to run. It's not over yet, but he can't. The, his blood demon art attacks. It seems like everyone's dead until we see the box in the air. Nezuko's falling out. She wakes up and immediately uses her blood demon art to cancel out his. It's like, I, I can't. I did that. Which is something that we noticed earlier that I did. I, I remember hearing that Doki said that her blood demon art seems to only work and affect other demons and their blood demon art. So she was able to use her blood demon art to cancel out his and save everyone's lives. Oh my god. So then, Tanjiro, he wakes up from fainting, and Nezuko's like patting him, like, mm -hmm, come on, wake up. And he gets up, he's like, oh, Nezuko, you're okay, thank goodness. And he looks around, and it's basically a wasteland. Everything is gone. He's like, I hope everyone evacuated. If not, there's going to be so many casualties. There's basically nothing there. You would thought the whole town just got run over by a bulldozer and just nothing but just an empty lot. And then he's, he's like, oh man, I don't even know what happened. He and he hears Tom Zenitsu calling out to him. At that point, he's spent. He has no idea. He can't move or nothing. And then Nesco picks him up. Like, I remember I forgot who said this. That she picked him up like a Yoshi and started, he had him like riding on top of her. Like that. That was so funny. <coughs> but, excuse me. We're almost there, you guys. But we get to um, Zenitsu. And uh, that's another thing I should have noticed. That he's been asleep this whole time. So this whole time, he's been asleep, fighting, talking, doing all this. So he wakes up out of his sleep-conduced fighting mo mode. Wakes up and he has no idea what just happened to him. And it's like, oh my god, how do you not know what just happened? What is wrong with you? I really do hope they go into more detail about that. I'm like, what's causing him to... Then they kind of explained, but I want to go into more detail on like, why can he only really fight when he's unconscious? What's like causing that? And what's what's the moment he needs to snap out of that to the fact that he can be awake? and fight like that um that might be a real the next not the next art that's like the next next art like towards the end i hope but you know he's like um what happened why are my legs all messed up why am i hurt everywhere what's going on he's like oh thank god you're alive but he's like wait where's everyone else he's like i'm not sure but i can hear um inosuke's heart and it's getting weaker and weaker by the minute he's like inosuke where is he and he's like he's over there he's over there and he goes and he's like, you know, scary. And but at that point, we notice that the blood, not the blood, the, the poison is slowly affecting him as well. And he's just purple everywhere. And he's like, no, but they have to find a way. Maybe we can get him back to the, the butterfly mansion and then Shinobu can heal him. But that'd be too late. He'd be dead by then. He's like, oh, maybe the sunlight will destroy the, 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 the demon's power. But it's still in the middle of the night. It's hours before that. He's like, there's no, there's nothing I can do. There's no way to save him. I don't know what to do. Until Nesco puts her hand on his chest and ignites her blood demon heart and starts incinerating the poison within him. 
And then that's when it clicks. Like, wait a minute. That makes sense. Because that's how Tanjo's fine. Because he was poisoned last time we saw him. He woke up and was fine. So we're like, wait. That's how it did. That's how he got rid of the poison. Nezuko used her blood demon art and ignited the poison in him and got rid of it. And is doing the same for Inosuke. So he wakes up and they're like, oh, I can't believe it. You're alive. And then in that moment, we're like, wait. If that's how she can do it, we need to find we need to find Uzui. We need to find him right now. Cause I'm pretty sure because he's been finding Utro a lot longer than everyone else. So he probably has a lot more poison in his system that we need to get rid of. Which we do end up turning to him. And this man is about to be on his last breath. He is purple everywhere. You know, he has his hand that's missing. Now he lost an eye. He got stabbed in the one of the guts. And he is just, he is just almost not there anymore. Tries to say his last words for his wife, but uh, Suma is freaking out. Maki's trying to get her to shut up. And Hinatu is trying to calm him down. He's like, I can't believe this. I'm going to die. I can't even get my last words out. But then Nesco pops up. He's like, hi. Touches him. And he knights him on fire as well, which freaks out the wives. She, they think she's killing him. But then we turn. And like we said, she's igniting the poison in him and immediately gets rid of it to the point he's like, wait, when they're like freaking out, they're like, listen, what are you doing? You just do it to kill him. Like, why do I? And he's like, wait, 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 stop. She's fine. Because, you know, he's like, look, look what she did. The poison, she got rid of all of it. I'm f- the poison was gone. And his wives turn and they can't believe it. And they jump on him and they're like, oh, my God, we thought we were going to lose you. Thank goodness. Like, oh my god, and then like one of them turning like starts he's crying, he's like, Thank you, thank you for saving him. And he's like, I'm so confused. What just happened? What did she do? And Tanjo's like, Yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure myself, but somehow Nesco was able to negate the poison. That's how we're all fine now. And he's like, I'm not like I said, I'm not hundred percent, but you know, thank you. If it wasn't for her, I would be dead right now. But he is like, you shouldn't, yeah, no problem. Just take it easy. And he's like, listen, I can't rest until I know those two are completely gone. I'm going to go find their heads and make sure this is over. And he's like, all right, but just please be careful. You never know what these demons will do. So he goes, actually finds a pool of their blood, collects it. And that's when <coughs> we get another reminder, like, oh, that's right. That's something he has to do, collecting the bloods of upper ranks. So they can create the, the, the medicine, the antidote, to turn Nezuko back into a human. So he collects it, the cat pops up, and he sends it away. So they go to find Daki and Gitro, and they see them arguing and cursing each other out, blaming the other for why they failed. Until Daki says something like, you, you are too ugly to be my brother, there's no way. Like, clearly something got mixed up, and that just throws him over the edge. He's like, I did all this for you. We became demons and died because of you. And all this time, I've kept you safe. And you have the audacity to say something like that to me? You aren't my sister. And Tantra stops him. He's like, listen, please don't say any more hopeful words in your last moments. Even though you guys have done terrible atrocities and taken so many lives, the only people you have on each other's side left in this world is each other. So please, don't say something in your final moments that you're going to regret. And Doki starts crying, like, shut up, this is all your fault. 
brother, what are we gonna do? I don't wanna die. Please save me. Brother, brother. And then he, she disappears. And he's like, uh, he calls her by her real name, which was Mume, I believe. And then we asked when we get their flashback. And oh my god. Even though I hated them throughout this whole season, getting their flashback really just made it like, oh man. So we get the flashback of them. They grew up in the entertainment district. And because he was born with the marks that he had on his face, people tormented him. His mother tried to kill him on a daily basis. And people just treated him horribly. And then when his sister was born, people praised her for being so pretty and beautiful. And he kind of, you know, took pride in that. Saw her as, you know, his prize and joy, you know, raising her kind of more like more like a father to a brother since they kind of had to rely on each other. And, you know, and then he ended up becoming like a bounty hunter, like going after people who didn't pay off their dues to, you know, these places until one night he comes home and sees her burned to a crisp. And it's revealed that when she was called by a client, I guess he tried to do something to her that she didn't like. So she took these hair ornament that he gave her, which is really sharp, like, holy shit, and stabbed him in the eye. And as a result of, and I guess he was just some high-ranking noble swordsman, they punished her by tying her up, lighting her on fire, and killing her. But he gets there, and even though she is burnt to a crisp, she's still somewhat alive. He, he grabs her, starts cussing out like Buddha and God, like, why? Why do you keep doing this to us? You already put us in this horrible life and situation. Now you're trying to take her from us, per- bring her back, turn her back to how she was. She didn't deserve this. We didn't deserve this. And he gets slashed in the back by the swordsman. And he's like, oh, is this the kid you're talking about? And she's like, yes. Oh, he's such a menace. He's done so much terrible things here. We're so glad that he's gone. Oh, um, you know, about, you know, the money, the payment. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, you'll get your money. I'll, as long as, as soon as I deal with these two. And that just gives him more mad. He, you know, of course, you know, he's been helping these people get the money for people who run out on their debts. So the fact that they turned on him for money just threw him over the edge. He jumps up and kills that evil lady. Like, uh, like the way he killed her was brutal, but she had it coming. And then kind of he turns and kind of see where his, tar- his te- like, talking pattern kind of came from. He's like talking to the swordsman like, you have a good home, a nice life, you have everything you wanted to, and you do this over losing a measly eyeball. Why don't you get over yourself and just slashes him in half? Then he goes, takes Docky, and just starts walking. Both knowing that she doesn't have much longer left to live, but that huge uh hole in like slash in his back, he won't have much longer to live. But he is just like I I don't know what to do. We're gonna die. The same way we came into this world miserable. Until they run into the former number six demon that end up turning them into demons, and we meet him, and he is just. He has this lady's legs just all around him. Chunks of her is missing. He has her head in his hand. And it's like, what the Like, what? And then we see his eyes. And they're like rainbowish color. And like I said, we see that in it, it said upper six. This dude was the former number six. 
So he's like, oh, you poor things. Look at you. He's like, oh, but the fact that you're still alive and willing to persevere through this, I could tell you have big, like, you have very good, like, expectations. And it'd be a waste for you to die here. So why don't I turn you into a demon? And then, you know, so you can kind of see that it was more on the lines of turning Gitro into a demon. And I guess he turned Daki into a demon as well. You know, seeing as he, that was really the one thing he was holding on to. I guess as a way of, you know, making sure that he worked more <clears throat> cooperative with them when, if, you know, Daki was a demon as well. So, and that's another thing. At that point, we don't know what, like, we clearly know he was the former number six since Utero was the current number six. So that had me thinking, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking at the time, okay, if he was number six before, clearly that meant he moved up in the ranks if Utero and Daki were six. What the fuck kind of number is he? Because clearly we know who three is. So we have no idea who two, who one, five, and four are. And the fact that he was six, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This dude got to be high up. He's got to be like two or one. Like, oh, hell no. You telling me this has got to be number one or number two? Oh, my God. And I'm not going to spoil yet because that's actually something we got to reveal in the next arc. Um, But I did kind of get spoiled on who number one was. So I can kind of guess by process of elimination on what number he was. But like I said, I'm not going to say. I'm going to let you guess. He could be four or five for all you know. But like I said, I already know who one was. At that point, I'm like, okay, so he got to be two, four, five. What number is he? Like, oh my god. So, we get his flashback, and we do get this last little tidbit of he says, I have no regrets. I was basically going to be a monster and a demon from the get-go. It was basically in my nature, but he felt like his way corrupted Daki, and if he hadn't been around and been the role model for her, she probably could have lived a much better life. She could have had a family. Maybe she could have grown up and been like one of those popular ladies in the in the houses. She could have maybe got out of this life and could have, you know, met a nice man and started out a family. Maybe she could have been like some rich noble's daughter or something or daughter-in-law. Like basically he's like, I ruined her life. I ruined her chances of having a normal life because of the way I am and the way that I have viewed the world. I taught her the things that led to her death when she could have been better. So before we he goes off and what I'm assuming is hell, we see him still in his demon form and we see her acting how she was when she was human. And we see the split. She's in the light, he's in the dark, kind of giving that indication that he felt like she he corrupted her. She was good. She could have had a good life. She could have made something better for herself. It wasn't because of his influence. So in that final moment, he tries to do one last good thing for her. And it's like, listen, you go that way. I'm going to go this way. This is my doing. I caused all this. I brought you down with me. You had nothing to do with it. You were just listening to me. And it's my fault you turned out the way you did. But you have a way of changing that. So like, you go there and I'll go this way. But she's like, no, we promise we'll stay together. I'm sorry, it's my fault, you know. If I had just listened to you, maybe we could have defeated them. Please don't abandon me. And he's like, no, you need to leave. You're not my sister. 
I never want to see you again. Kind of like giving her that push to push him away. But she's like, no, you promised we'd be together. Whether it was heaven or hell, we would be by each other's sides. We were the only two we had to depend on. You, you like you can't just after all that after years of being by each other's side you can't just push me and toss me away like that she's like i accept what i've done i did it because i wanted to be by your side so if you're guilty so am i and they end up going he picks her up and they end up going what looks like hell together but look like they went in peace now we turn back to the real world Tanjiro and his gold holding on to remains. He's like, I wish. I hope that in the end, they both found the peace and the understanding that they needed. And Nesco nods, being like, yeah, I think they kind of did. Then, before we finish it off, we did jump into where Tengen is with his wives, and one of the Hashira pops up. It's the uh, snake, serpent Hashira, whatever his breathing technique is. I forget his name. Um, pops up and he just comes in and he's just talking all types of shit saying like um yeah you know you are kind of the weakest of the of the uh, Hashiras but you were able to take down an upper rank even though it was you know the lowest of the low you still did take down an upper rank so you know there are some kind of congratulations to be made because of that I'm just like fuck you where were you Clearly, if this was so easy for you, why weren't you here? Because clearly, you're saying you could have taken down that upper six demon in seconds. And I think at one point, I think that's what some of his wives were saying, like, oh, if it was so easy, where the hell were you? Why weren't you here fighting then if it was so easy? And he's basically saying, like, so what's your plan now? He's like, dude, I'm retiring. I'm sure the master will understand. I took out an upper rank. I lost an eye and a hand. There's no way I can fight at full capacity. And he's like, um, absolutely not. Because we still don't have a replacement for Rengoku. If we lose another Hashira, that's just lowering our strength. You need to keep fighting until the day you die. And he's like, yeah, no, that's not happening. Plus, in the, the state I'm in, I wouldn't be much help. I'd just drag everyone down. But there is someone who could t- possibly take my place. You know, that young man that you hate. And he flashes, and he's like, no way. You're telling me that that kid survived a battle like this? And he's talking about Tanjiro. But he's like, yeah, he survived, and he has a much better chance of being a Hashira. Maybe even a better one than me, if we give him the chance. And he's like, there's no way this kid is alive and survived this. Then we turn over to the master. And he is, oh man, he's not looking good either. Which I'm sure a lot of people had this uh, thing too. He starts having purple spots, like areas around him that kind of look like poison. So we're like, um, let's go. Can you? Can we? Can we go? Can we go? And like maybe her blood demon art can heal him or something. Because clearly he look like he's not gonna be able to hold on much longer. So he's like, he's like overjoyed. He's like, yes. He, he got, you know he gets the news that they defeated an upper rank. He's like, yes, we did it. Thank. He's like, congratulations, Tengen Nezuko. Inosuke, Ten- Zenitsu, Tanjiro, you guys did it. And he's like, this is an omen. This is a sign. It's been over 100 years since we took down an upper rank. But we finally did it. He's like, this is it. This is the time. This is where your reign of error, of terror ends, moves on. We will defeat you in this time line, not a time frame, or this error. He's like, no, this is the error 
where you will be defeated. We will end this and this air. It's like we will defeat you. The blind, the blight on my family's flying feature history. I will avenge. And I'm like, wait, the fuck does that mean? What do you mean the blight on your family? And I'm sure a lot of people had a lot of um things about this too. Um, if people do know, like for people who read the manga and what their connection is, please don't tell me because I I don't know yet. So, but in that moment, I was like, blight on your family? The hell does that mean? Please don't tell me that in some weird way you guys are like connected by family. But then he branched off, did something, turned into a demon, and now because he just like because he was once a part of your family, you know, he's been doing all this for centuries. You're trying to, you know, avenge your family and bring honor back to your family by getting rid of him. Something like that. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't read manga. I don't know what their connection is. I don't know yet. So please, if, you know, people who write down comics don't reveal that. But then we, then the kind of like last, last scene is we returned it to the Infinity Callus, Callus, Castle Palace, Jesus, I can't tell. And we see Aksa pop up. And he's like, huh, so I'm back here again. Clearly something's wrong. He's like, I wonder why I was summoned. And then it clicks. Haha. <laughs> then it clicks to him. He's like, wait. An upper rank was just killed by the Demon Slayers. Oh, shit. Y'all are in trouble. And we turn, and it's just ne- the Nesco, Zenitsu, Inosuke, and Tanjiro just hugging them all. And he's like, We did it. We survived. We're alive. We did it. I'm so glad we're all alive. I'm so glad this is over. We did it. We are one step closer to finally ending this war. And that is it, you guys. Let me tell you, this whole season, that was a roller coaster and a half. I just can't. Oh, I can't believe it. There was so much going on. So many things. Just, oh my goodness. Just thinking about it makes me tired. Because it was just like so many twists and turns and this and that. And it was just like, oh my goodness. Gentle Jesus. What is going on? It was just like, what do we do? What do we... What? How? I I don't know. I don't know. It was just... That whole... The whole season was just a roller coaster. Just ups, downs, and twists and turns, and not knowing how it was going to end. Like, at one point, I was like, yo, if we end up losing two hostages back-to-back because of this... I don't know what we're going to do, which in a way we kind of did, but not really. Because even though Tengen, Tengen didn't die, he did retire, but he was able to take out one of the upper six demons. So it does correlate in a way like, even though he can't fight no more, he did was able to take out one of the upper ring demons, which is one of the bigger threats to this to the Demon Slayer core and all of humanity. So fact that he was able to do that really, you know, speaks volume of everything. So, that is it, you guys. I just, I, I can't, I just don't understand. I just don't, like, oh my god, that whole season just 
just blew my mind. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to think. It was just roller coaster after roller coaster of just like, oh my goodness gracious. Like that they did they they they, they did their thing for that season. Like I said, all the ups and downs and twists and turns and not knowing what was gonna happen to who who was gonna survive, who was dying this season. I, I just I couldn't. All I know is that my heart couldn't take us losing another character. And that's another thing with um this. Because I could tell, and I'm not sure how most people felt about this, but um for me it kinda of took a bit longer to really warm up to uh Tengen. Like than it did like I was with Mank Goku. And Goku was like immediate, okay, I like this dude. I like this guy. I like his vibe, his feel, whatever. We kind of didn't really get that good of an in- introduction to him and how he acted and, you know, how he felt. I think for me personally, I'm not sure how it was for other people. I think the turning point of his character for me and me liking him was when Zenitsu was captured and he realized the error of his, like, mistake. He was like, I'm sorry. I wanted to save my wives. I knew they were in danger and I was willing to do anything to get them back. Even if it meant putting other people's lives at risk and even sacrificing other people. If it meant, you know, doing that. And he was like, yeah, I know. I, I know that's wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I dragged you all into an impossible fight. This is my fault. This is my responsibility. And as the Hashira, I'm going to deal with it. I think that that's for me. That was my turning point. It was like, okay. And then it's like, I understand. Like, he wanted to, you know, save his wives. You know, they did that for him, you know, to find information. And it really, you know, and like, it like really distraught him that, you know, he wasn't able to get in contact with any of them. So he, I know in his mind, he probably thought, oh man, like, there's no way. Like, it's impossible that they're dead, you know, and he's wanted to get any and all information about them even if it meant, you know, putting other people's lives in danger for it, so, so, yeah, for me, I think that was definitely the point that really, um, turned his character for me, and after that, it just kept growing, because you saw how, even though he was, you know, arrogant, he could clearly see how he cared about other people, how he really grew on the others, and how he came to, like, really respect, you know, Tanjiro for not giving up, same thing with Inosuke and, and, and Zenitsu, and, you know, him, I, and I think at that point he kind of had a good feel about uh, Nezuko. I mean, after all, she saved his life. You know, you know they all had some, you know, hold off against her. You know, still her being a demon and whatnot. But for I'm sure at that point, I mean, she saved his life. He would be dead at that point if it wasn't for him, for her. You know, igniting and inflaming the blood and saving his life. So. I just, I, I love it. So, like I said, that is it for you all. But before I go, I am going to give my usual anime recommendation at the end. And I'm not sure if I talked about this show. Maybe I've, you know, I mentioned it once or twice. I think especially since the season came out. But... The one I will be review uh recommending for you all. Um well actually no, let me choose a different one. Since we are in Halloween season. Um I think yeah, I think this one will work. I'll recommend the Twin Star Exorcist anime. Um that's the one that came out a couple of while ago. I think around the time 
well, I think the time I started watching it was around the time of the pandemic, so a while back. But basically, it's about these two kids, uh, Rokuro and Benio, and how they're destined to be these twin star exodus, where they're exorcists of of certain origins that are supposed to bring hope, bring hope to Amiko, which is basically a child that they believe will help get rid of all these Kagare, which are creatures that absorb humans and, you know, kill them. But, you know, they kind of don't like that idea of them just being seen as that. And they both have their own goals and aspirations for being exorcists. So they do challenge that, but you do see kind of their romance growing and, you know, and blossoming and them encouraging other people to be powerful and them learning more about their, you know, abilities at Twin Stars and their relationship growing and whatnot. It's a really good anime. I think the anime is about 52 episodes or so, but uh, the manga is really good. Um, They do have, um, it's been a while since they've had the last update, but there is a, this is one of them shows that has a huge difference towards its ending since the manga is still ongoing, so the anime does have a different ending towards the anime, but it is still a good show. I did enjoy it, and I definitely will think you guys will enjoy it as well, but that's the one I'm going to be recommending for this week. It's going to be the Twin Star Exorcist. You can watch it on Crunchyroll. They do have a dub and a sub. Um, If you like, um, there's actually two. Uh, the voice of Kirito does the main character of Rokuro, and the voice who did Leafa in Sword Art Online does the main voice of uh, Benio. So those are two characters, um, voices that you do enjoy. You know, you can kind of see them playing a role of them being, you know, <laughs> love interests that kind of hate each other, but clo- slowly growing feelings for each other and, you know, their powers of ex- as exorcists. So, like I said, that's it for me today. I'll see you all next week. I'm not sure. Should I talk about the third season of Demon Slayer or should I hold off on that? I'll see. I'm not 100% sure. But, like I said, that's it for me, guys. I'll see you all next time. Bye!